Hello and welcome back. That's right. If you're listening to this, it's been two weeks and finally we've got another Two Beers Please podcast episode for you. Joyful day. I mean, it's truly, truly. been too long. Joyful. That's, truly. A, that's a good way. Yeah. It's nice to be Joyful back. Joyful day. It is so good to be back. I'm here, as always, with my buddy Matt, and we're going to be talking all the sports with you. Uh, first of all, as always, follow our sites. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter at 2BP underscore podcast. That's the number 2BP underscore podcast. And we're on Instagram as well at 2BeersPlease underscore podcast. Written out that way. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Anchor. You know, just ask about us out in the atmosphere. I'm sure you'll find us somewhere. Uh, carrier pigeon, you know, there's, there's, we got our ways. (laughs) We're all around. I want to start, you know, what what we should do is just like get, uh, we should just get stickers and then like, what is that? What like, uh, street artists or like DJs will do sometimes just like put like their sticker around town. So we'll just start doing that. We're just going to cover Manhattan and Brooklyn with two beers, please stickers. Exactly, because the next, the last, the next thing that Manhattan and Brooklyn need, you know, the the thing they need is like covered in in somebody else's yeah. art. We'll really, we'll, That's we'll really stick out with the other six thousand stickers that were put. Hey, that, you were, never know. that were put on that day. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we're gonna just every day we're gonna go and and re put them on top of everything. Yeah. There's a People few. Are, there's a few buildings like Lower East Side that they're strict, strictly just structurally just stickers on top of stickers on top of stickers. There's no exactly. There's no actual like wood or steel. It's all it's all deteriorated now. It's just stickers, stickers and posters, yeah. old movies. But anyway, down to business. We had a lot going on this weekend. I mean, truly, and I know we say that all the time, but you guys have no idea. I mean, if you've been following sports at all, there's so much that's happened. But just this weekend, just this weekend, we had a lightweight mega battle, which ended in a shocking defeat for the quote-unquote best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. The World Series has been written onto paper. We know who it's going to be. We'll get into it. And it looks like Clemson and Alabama are once again the teams to beat in college football. Is that true? We'll hear from Matt and his thoughts on that. But first, it's October, so let's start with the spooky fact of the day. Did you know that? Spooky. Thank you. I was going to insert like a little noise tag, but that's perfect. Oh, don't worry. Yeah, I know. We don't don't even need sound design. uh, I I got a full soundboard op just like on myself. I'm like there the guy from Police Academy. That's not true. Yes. I, wish, I wish I could be that guy's or Spaceballs. He's so good. And I love his that dude rules. All right, spooky fact. Spooky <laughs> random fact. Random fact. We haven't talked in a hot second on the podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna get off topic here a couple times. You're gonna have to bear with us. You're not but gonna not bring up the guy from Police Academy. You're not gonna. How can we not bring up the guy from Police Academy? I mean, that's that's as sports related as anything else. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I always feel bad that I don't. I can never remember his name. Michael Winslow. There we go. I went. I had, did have to look it up, but hey, you know rocks. what? That's. I mean, that dude does rock. That dude does rock. But Matthew, did you know that there is a word for an intense and persistent fear of Halloween? 
That is an actual fear that has a word. Now, it's something ophobia, like most things that, you know, relate to fear. But tell me if you can pronounce this word. It's S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Gosh, I don't. Give me the spelling one more time. S-A-M, like mom, H-A-I-N. Sam, Samhanophobia? No, it's, this is how you pronounce that word I just said, sound. Wow. It's a Gaelic word because Halloween. I was going to say, and when you said said it wasn't spelled like that, I was like, I bet it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a Gaelic word that is, uh, that refers to a uh, harvest related festival that Halloween is actually based off of uh, in Gaelic culture. And uh, so it's actually soundophobia. And that is an intense and persistent fear of Halloween. I do not have that. I love Halloween, love spooky season. Uh, but I feel so bad for everyone who actually has that. I apologize for for the I, season. I, <laughs> like, I mean, if anyone, I should probably have it because, like, as a diabetic, going around and getting candy handed out to you is somewhat of a death sentence. But I love Halloween. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I love Halloween. I like Halloween. I'm too lazy to, like go full costume and really experience it. And I always hate, I kind of hate going out on like crowded nights for bars. Right. Just like now it's every place is twice as packed and twice as expensive, but I still like Halloween. What are people like, what are they afraid of specifically? Just like the holiday and in general. Yeah. Like a pumpkin, like on someone's like wall and there's like, Oh fuck. And they just, <laughs> Is it October this, this already? Dip? Yeah, Damn like it. how? How I was oh. like, well, for that, but for that one, like, would you be able? Would they be able to differ, differentiate and be like, well, that could that could be just a fall decoration? Would it have to be a jack, like a jack o' lantern? <laughs> how specific? I mean, I don't know how sound phobia works. Yeah, I don't really know. Uh, if you have soundophobia and we're being ignorant, please let us know. Uh, we're we're willing to bring you on and talk about this persistent fear. Oh, I, because- I think we're I think we're absolutely being ignorant. I I, <laughs> I plead mass amounts of ignorance. I have no. I mean, please. I I don't say this out of trying to right. make fun. I'm just we just don't know. Let us know. We have no idea. Is the jack o' lantern enough to set you off? We shall see. Anyway. We're back, Matthew. How are we feeling? I know we always start with this, but it's been two weeks since the podcast, so this means a little more now than it's than it has in the past. How are we feeling? It's mid-October. What are we doing? Before, we didn't really give a shit. We're like, nah, how are we <laughs> feeling? Like, I'm doing horrible. Well, too bad. I asked well, you times this week, so <laughs> cheer, cheer the hell up. Me. Yeah. Now. Uh, I'm doing good, dude. It's it's very nice to be back talking sports with my friend. Good to be back with you. You know, life and particularly this year is is a roller coaster. Lots of up and downs, and um, it you just kind of kind of have to take it all day by day. And I think we both love doing this, but when you're doing something like this, where I mean, especially for you and me, we we do commit a, a good amount of time to it because we want it to be good and we want it to be enjoyable and such um it can become a little draining when it's you know when you're doing it a lot and so it's kind of nice like i was going to do the solo episode last week and i also just didn't feel well but i also was just kind of like you know what i'm I'm, there's no need to do it i'd rather just do it like it's not going to be as fun it's not going to be the same thing and it was kind of nice just to take a week a couple weeks off and just 
not do it and like and just watch sports and be like, I can just watch this as a fan and not have to be like, oh, I should remember to bring up that receiver and how well they've been playing recently and such and such. You know, I was like just chill and, and watch sports instead of trying to watch it from from a different angle. But doing well. How are you, my friend? I am also doing well. I've had a uh, I've had a I don't know how else to say it. I've had a bitch of a month. Haven't had a bitch of a month. And uh, sounds like a, a Broadway song. It's the bitch of the month. Like a bit like yeah. a Billy Joel. There you go. It's a bitch of the month. Yeah. That's you go. Billy Joel, if you're listening. <laughs> it just sounded like uh El- right, the Elton John song. Forget it. Hey, you know go what? Ahead. And uh yeah, it's been a hard month, you know, but I always find some renewed life in Mondays. That's like a weird thing to say, but for me, Mondays are just like an opportunity for kind of like you know a reset button you know and and i think i'm feeling good good today and that's all i can ask and you know feeling good enough to you know get back in the swing of the podcast and you're right i i definitely needed the break as well i think the other problem was right uh <laughs> there's so much going on guys at the same time so much. i like you witnessed me and matt burn out like you truly yeah. like watched us burn out in september and then they were like where did you go it's like well we burnt out and now we need to take a second and not yeah. say anything <laughs> so, we've oh been watching gosh. sports 24 7 for who knows how long that's that's i mean we wouldn't have been you know helped by this much at all but that's sometimes the real it can be a good and a bad thing of being a soccer fan. It can be a bad thing because then you're like, oh, I got to watch this game at 8 a.m. or 1 p.m. or whatever. It can be a good thing because then you can be like, well, I have an excuse not to do anything at 2 p.m. Right. on this Tuesday. But a uh, bit of a double-edged sword there. But, yeah, it, it there was sports fatigue. without. I mean, how could you not? It's just been – it's been awesome, but it's been a ton Right. I mean, we got into this podcast in the busiest sports. Se- we did. We got into this podcast as the worst possible time for people just starting a podcast about sports. I mean, hey, we were hey, or the best or, or the, the best. best. It was so fun, guys. But like, I'm not going to lie. This week's episodes are going to be a lot of fun because we get to like focus in a little bit. And that's going to be just as fun. I think I've thought about it before. I'm just like, it's going to look so weird. Like when it's just back to normal, like you know, the status quo instead of, hey, you know, there's a baseball game at noon and uh, a major that starts again on Thursday and this and right. that. Like, it's, it's just yeah. continuous. It is. It is continuous. But, you know, it's we love it and we're back to it. And uh, the Lakers that's won. Like, there's so much stuff. It's been There's tough. so much going on. And we're not even going to cover it all in this. For, if you think this episode is going to cover everything, it's absolutely not. We'll be no. we'll be on. We'll be on track by the end of the uh, by the end of the week, hopefully. But we'll see. There's a lot to go around. We'll we'll figure it out. Depends but, on how much uh, Yannick goes on tangents about Bayern Munich. That'll okay. that'll be whether we. Uh... <laughs> now we're oh, back. Yeah. Boom. Now we're back. Now we're back. There we go. go. Yep. Check off all go. the marks. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of now, we're back. We are back, and therefore the local pub is open for business. Matthew, what are Absolutely. we drinking? I got. Um, I'm finishing off the my my last Defender IPA from from the old Brooklyn Brewery. I uh, I'm I'm sure you've noticed this yourself. Here's the Ooh. oh, um, 
that like I find it really funny. Sorry, I had to take the uh, the opening sip. <laughs> I find it really funny when you go to like beer or I guess just any alcohol website and they they like ask you when you first go like are you over 21 as if like I I could get drunk via the site or like I don't like I mean I guess I kind of get it but I don't really understand what the purpose or harm is if you aren't just to be like, I'd, like not right. 21 to go on this site it could really mess you up I don't really know why you're there either. Like, I don't know, like, why is, like, someone, if you can't drink legally, you're like, you know, I can't wait to go see what kind of different beers Brooklyn Brewery has. Like, I remember as a not 21-year-old, it was just like, yeah, if it has uh, booze in it, that will work. I'm not picky. Hey, you know what? That's what we love about you, Matt. Matthew Smith, not picky. That's what's on your epitaph. That's what's on your epitaph when you die. That's what's going to happen. I do. I like that. That's great. That's a great. I, would, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind it being a little, you know, more eloquent than not picky. But yeah, you know, well, hopefully, we've got lots of time to brainstorm and and develop something that's you know really just rolls off the tongue. What are you sipping on, my friend? Well, you know, in honor of us being back, I uh, I love Modelo beer. Everyone knows this. I've, I've I've said it before. I've drank it before. We've talked about the commercials, and so I have. A Modelo tall boy in front of me, 24 ounces. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm Save the world. Thank you, Modelo. I am pumped. Thank you. Uh, but here's my fun fact. Did you know that there are different names for a 24-ounce beer, a 16-ounce beer, and a 22-ounce beer? Um, yeah, I think, I, I believe so. I mean, just like glassware rise, right? Yeah. Well, I'm even talking just like cans. Like this is called a tall boy. A oh, 16, yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. A 16 ounce is called a pounder, which I love. I love that name. You know, pounder. get a pounder of this. And a 22 ounce is called a deuce, which if you're telling me you're drinking a deuce, not into it. Don't say that. To, don't say that out loud. Really don't. That's going to become <laughs> my thing for sure. Drinking a deuce. Yeah. That's oh. all I'll drink now. Although, like, if it's not a if it's not a deuce, don't even give it to me. Quite frankly, there you go. I only live for deuces. Deuce or die. Deuce or die. Oh, after being so after being so against it, now you've you found yourself falling. Right. Well, now that I found the alliteration that I can. Oh use, yeah. I'm all. I mean, deuce is kind I'm of a fun fed. word. It's a fun word to say. It is. It is. And it's a, it's, you know, it's an exciting term for tennis. I mean, it's got everything you need. It's just, it's just, unfortunately, it's also a term for poop. That's, that's yeah. just that. There sure. you go. In case you didn't know what we were referencing. Now you do. Well, speaking of poop and shit and, you know, just shit in the bed. Our Strong segue. Both shit the bed this week for different reasons, really. But I mean, what? I mean, do you want to start? I'll start. I don't. How do you want to do this? You go. You go. I mean, I'm not. I'm not All chopping right. at the bit to uh, okay. dive into this game. I didn't turn on ESPN today. Let's just let's say that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, we had NFL Sunday, and the Patriots. You know, they're they're coming off. You know, a lot of stuffs going on. Obviously, they had the terrible. You know, showing when Cam Newton was out with COVID. They had more COVID cases, but luckily. They got to go into their 1 p.m. game with the Broncos, you know, no holds barred, right? Should be great, right? Broncos don't have Melvin Gordon. They don't have Noah Fant. Drew Locke is coming off of injury. Should be fine, right? 
wrong. It was terrible. They lost 18 to 12. I hate that score so much. It makes me such a gross game. Oh my, it was disgusting. The defense, I mean, the only reason we didn't get beat like 60 to 12 is because the defense held Drew Locke in place and they didn't have enough weapons to throw to. That's truly it. I mean, they're throwing to Tim Patrick for like a hundred yards. That's disgusting. And, uh, and even we take it easy on Tim Patrick. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, but I don't care. I mean, it's like it's like when Mo Ali Cox goes off for the calls. I'm like, yeah. good for you, Mo Ali Cox, but you should not be the top receiver yeah. for anybody. It's uh, it was a rough game, honestly. And there were eight field goals, six from the Broncos kicker. Uh, I'm Cam Newton re- ran well, like he had 76 yards and a and a running touchdown, but he had like 157 yards through the air, two interceptions. I mean, Julian Edelman threw two different passes because they didn't know what else to do. It was, oh, it was so hard to watch. And we still had a chance to win it at the end. We still had a chance to win it. And we didn't. And I was just like, okay, you know what? Bad game. But this is where we go. Final drive. Touchdown. Gross win. We're in it. And now we're two and three. We're behind the Dolphins in the AFC East. And I Dude, don't blame the Dolphins us. Dolphins don't, don't look blame half us. bad. They don't. Their defense is, is just as good as ours. And Fitzpatrick is a better quarter throwing quarterback than Cam Newton right now. So I mean, and and Miles Gaskin is great. Devonta Parker is great. I mean, the Dolph- Dolphins can beat people. Like that's, I mean, Tua came in, so who knows what that means? But like, oh my gosh, we're behind the Dolphins. They, it means the Dolphins actually had an ass whooping to like let in there. Who saw that coming? That the, the Dolphins are going to be able to like be up in a game so much to be like, hey, you know, we could get to us some, some look. Right. I mean, Which, like, and like if they keep on going on this path, I like no reason to start Tua. Don't no. like let him sit. You're not going to win it all with Tua this year anyway. If the dude, like if he wasn't injured and, and all that, I'd say, Hell, throw him in right now because what's there to lose on the same you know token? It's like who, Fitzpatrick's not going to take you to the next level, and, and Tua is the future. But with that injury, like when people talk about, is it trying to put two? No, like let there's no reason to rush it. Right, exactly. You're in a great position right now. Exactly, and I just think, well, there. I if I'm if I'm Brian Flores, I'm just like you know. Let's see what Fitzpatrick can do. Let's just yeah. let this guy loose. If we make the playoffs, fucking great. You know, we will just play whatever we need to play and we'll be like the fun team in the in you know, like let's just do that. I'm okay with that. And they probably uh, still have a they probably still have a decent like pick. I don't I mean, I don't know if they have anything still like left over from like the Texans, but like if they do, that could turn into a good I mean, they're clearly ahead of schedule and I know that can make you want to like Speed it up even more and throw in Tua, but no, yeah, maybe even more I so. so. I mean, the only I like the only hard part is like you get you see guys like Herbert and you see Burrow and they look as good as they look that you're like ah, well, I want to see what we I want to take our toy for a spin, but don't right the toy but set they won't and, and you guys could be really good. You guys are like you're so far like last year. What did they get the the fifth pick to get Tua and like the fact that they were getting the fifth pick instead of the first everyone was astonished. Like we all were astonished. The, the team was supposed to not compete with anybody, let alone get wins. Right. So like this team is, they're, they're moving in the right direction and they're fun to watch. 
They are so fun to watch. I mean, I love Mike Gusecki. I think he's such a talented tight end to watch, too. I mean, he's always all over the place. Obviously, Devonta Parker we talked about. I think Preston Williams can still like be the player that we're expecting him to be. Miles Gaskin has been out of nowhere, a great running back, you know, very, very dominant, like on the run game, kind of took that position from Matt Breda from the 49ers who came over and Jordan Howard, who's like a healthy scratch at every point now, even though he was starting for the Bears last season. So, you know, they got some good stuff going. And I'm just giving the reins. I'm just giving the reins to Fitzpatrick. And I'm saying, you know, see what you can do. It's probably the last time you're starting for a team. Have fun. You know, we'll see what happens. It's a crazy season. Crazier things have happened. Dude, that's a, yeah, that's a, well, I mean, crazier things have happened. You think this is the last team Fitzpatrick? He's laughing in your face. Starts for? Fitzpatrick (laughs) is going to play for every NFL team by the end of it. I mean, maybe. I think he should go to. (laughs) If I'm the Jets, I'm like, let's sign Fitzpatrick just in case. I mean, just in case Trevor Lawrence doesn't, you know, can't play off the bat. My God. No, I mean, certainly I'd be – I mean, I'm not going to go put money on and say that Fitzpatrick's going to lead an offense next year, but the guy is would, – would, would we be surprised if he was starting quarterback for the Jaguars next year for some reason? Like, I right. no, Fair. We wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, there's so many teams he could start for. So you're right. You're right. We're, we won't. He's going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers when they realize that Jimmy Garoppolo is a washed up has been. Anyway, um, I think I've talked enough about my team and their uh, their well, loss. I, this I got one question about your team. How? What okay. are your What are your feelings playoff race wise? Uh, I don't know. The AFC is so good. I mean, Tough. the truth is, the truth is, you know we. We play the Jets twice, so we have two wins there. So you know, in my head, we're four. We're we're you know we're we're four and three right now, and but the problem is right, and we can beat the Dolphins again. We beat them, you know, when we still didn't know what was going on. We can beat the Dolphins, um, but we play the Bills twice, and I just don't see us even having a chance either yeah. time so that's two losses so that puts us what at, at five losses we still have to play um we still have to play the ravens i believe i we i mean the ravens don't look particularly great either on offense i mean the truth is we have to find whoever the other player is that's going to hold the rush you know because cam newton's the one his rush game but like who's the other guy right like is it going to be that he dinks it down to james white every five seconds fine but then, like, that has to be the game plan more often. It can't just be, like, the safety route. You, I mean, we only have right. Cam Newton. Well, I mean, I, I mean, think, like, you know, it was, it's I, it's I really hard to watch because I just don't great. know how we're going to change everything now. Like, it used to be at, – at the beginning of the season, it was like, oh, Cam Newton has this rush game and it's great. And now I'm like, oh, Cam Newton has this rush game and it's all we have. It's literally all we have. He can throw right. to Julian Edelman a couple well, of times I mean, and that's great. But – that's yeah. what I'm saying. We're like, I mean, like he's a great, he was a great signing. And I think he is like, he makes your offense so much more dynamic and, and certainly even like comparing him to, to Brady, like in Brady's age and such cam can, can overcome some deficiencies on the offensive side of the ball, but they still don't have any receivers. And like Edelman's a great still receiver, don't. but like even Edelman, like Edelman really, when you think of Julian Edelman, it's, the way they use him in the playoffs in like slot position, like he's not the guy that's going out wide that you're throwing to over and over to in that fashion. And they like cam can, can do, you know, a lot, but you, the receiving situation is the same as last year and has not improved by one bit. 
Yeah, exactly. And like, if you think of the AFC, right? Chiefs are in, Titans are in, Steelers are in, Ravens, even though their offense is not doing well, they're in. I think Bills their offense is in. doing fine. I just, I just think their offense isn't as dangerous as it was last year. And fair, like, to fair. be fair, their their offense last year was insane. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I am judging them based on last year, not on the whole. But so that's like what? That's four, five, five teams. I mean, uh, Browns, Browns look good. Colts look good. Oh, uh, Colts. Mm, Browns don't look good. Browns. I mean, Browns. They showed again that Baker Mayfield's a nobody. They look as good as you. They look as good as you guys. We're not getting schlacked thirty-eight to seven by two different teams in a season. Okay, they okay. So they lost to maybe the two best teams in the AFC. Otherwise, they're still four and two, and it doesn't matter. They're, as we've said before, they're not going to play the Steelers and Ravens every game. That's true, so but they they're they're, they're going enough, to be. They have to play the Steelers and Ravens be, twice more. Right. That's, so that's four, yeah. but that's that's four games. Like I, I mean, I, I just think to not think the Browns are going to be in the same race that you guys in is you guys just lost no. to the Broncos. I would rather get shellacked by the Ravens. Then lose to the Broncos. So fair I, enough, I you know. fair enough. I don't know. I don't think we're ahead of the Browns. What I'm saying is, I don't think the Browns of those teams that I'm listing off. I don't think they're a lock necessarily. Oh, for sure. I would agree. Right. I just mean. I'm just saying. Like we, we, you know, you look at the locks, like you said, and then the other teams that you're thinking that you're going to be competing with for those other spots, as in the Browns. Oh, it's definitely the Browns. Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, you have those five are definitely maybe in. the Dolphins. Maybe the. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. The Dolphins could be because every other team is hard to guess because it's like the Colts. They have a great defense, but their offense is like Jonathan Taylor or bust right now because. They have so many injuries, and I just don't know. Like, they got the win, but, like, the Bengals almost beat them. The Bengals almost beat right. them. The Colts so aren't like, going to be – but I think the Colts are good enough where they're going to be in it all year. And, like, again, that's a team that benefits from a, a division that's not great with the Jags and the Texans. Like, the Colts right. aren't going to – you're never going to look at the Colts and be like, damn, that was an impressive win. But they're going to be right. – they're going to be in the mix of it all. And, I mean, oh, I think the Patriots – more so I'm saying the Patriots are with the Colts and the Browns. They're not with – Oh, yeah. No, no. I think they're on the outside looking in. I think they're probably like that team that misses out even with the extra thing. I just think uh, that it's hard. I mean, they like I said, they get to play the Jets twice, and that is a win like no other team has that is yeah. going to be competing against us. Nice. But they also have to play the Bills. So they have to beat the Bills at least once, probably twice, in order to have a chance. And that is such a hard ask. I mean, that's just... I mean, we can hold Stephon Diggs. We really can. Like, that is our thing. We can do that. But Josh Allen is going to give us headaches, and I don't know that Cam Newton can score any points, so I need to see him right. produce some kind right. of offense I mean, again. But regardless, no, that's two games. I, I think we probably missed the playoffs. I'm going to say that now. I, I, I see us missing the playoffs. Like, being in that nine spot, you know, close, but close, but no cigar, as, as some might say. Yeah. Be, uh, All right. Be fun. <laughs> All right, your turn, buddy. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, well, me. I mean, Packers, not the performance I was looking for, clearly, you know. Um, it, it, it Maybe it would have been better if they just, like, kind of dominated us, but they were – the Green Bay was up 10-0, and they had the ball before really just bad plays by, by Rodgers um, that led to a very, very quick collapse. I mean, you, you look at the game, and it looks like a, a – huge dominating game and like the Buccaneers did dominate, but it was really just the second quarter. They scored 28 points in that second quarter. That's the difference in the game right there. They beat us by 28 points. So, you know, overall Packers, I'm not worried. I think Buccaneers wise, I was impressed. I like, I'm, I am a, a 
believer in, in the Buccaneers actually being a contender with the Packers and, and the Seahawks and such now. Um, but Packer wise, like, I, I don't think like this is super warning sides for this team. They're still born one. Um, nobody goes undefeated. They weren't going to, so a loss is going to happen, you know? Um, and the turnovers really killed us that game. And, th- and that was the first turnovers of the year. So, I do think Rodgers might need to make take a little more um, accountability. That's what I was looking for for him last year. He really didn't. And this year, in this game, once the going got tough, it kind of was going back to that. And, and a little bit of my worry, you know, Matt LaFleur is 18-5 and five as a head coach, including the playoffs. And besides a seven-point loss to the Eagles, those other losses are all by 15 points or more. So when this team starts to get down, they just kind of seem to absolutely combust. And I don't, I'm not sure, you know, if that is LaFleur kind of freaking out and getting away from the game plan. And then, then things just kind of, you know, stumbling from there because, you know, what they really are good at and what they execute at, they run away from because he gets nervous or scared or whatever as, as a young coach. I don't know if it's a like mentality thing where once the, you know, mudslide starts coming, it just keeps on coming, but it is something that, that worries me because you're not always going to be able to have the lead and, and grab the lead early. You're going to have to fight back sometimes. So this team needs to learn how to do that and not just get down and, and quit because they could have came back from that game. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I did listen to ESPN today and I definitely didn't agree with a lot of what people were doomsdaying about the Packers about like their defense and stuff. I think, it's hard to call one game where you you had a couple mistakes that kind of wrote the story for you, and those were yeah, a massive I, play. Like those two picks were to and to happen so successfully, completely changed the but game. Like, I, yeah. yeah, like those two game, like those, like that is it, it makes the game such so different than like a normal game, right? Because a Rogers team that's ten zero up dictates the game and Brady doesn't even really get to say anything. Granted the Bucks defense did great and I think the Bucks defense is the reason that the that you know the Bucks are a dark horse uh, you know not even dark horse like they are an NFC contender, you know and and They're legitimate. They really are. That, that's what I f- found from that that I was like wow, the Bucks defense is in my head the best in the NFC. The only reason they're not the best in the league is because the Steelers defense is so good. So, you know, you have to say, you know, it, it was a good performance from them. They they capitalized on a couple of mistakes, and that's what decided the game. I don't think it had as much to do with the Packers. I agree that the Packers do better when they're in the driving seat, and they, they are really hard to take the driving seat away from. Like, if they have the lead and they don't, like, make that mistake, the Bucks aren't coming back. Like, that's just that. So, I, I don't have as much to say about it. I think the Packers are still going to be in it. I do question, you know – can't, how does the defense respond? Because that's the problem, right? Like the defense has to be able to make a stop when Rodgers does make a mistake because he will. And because that's just the name of the game. Sometimes he throws a bad pick and you have this game change. And what you need is a defense that stands there and it's like, okay, we got you. We'll erase this mistake. And uh, they didn't really do that. Like you said, they seemed like they had given up as much as the offense had a little bit. It was, it, it, that is a tough one though, too. And like, I mean, you think like basically two pick sixes. Like, yeah, they, I mean, I guess, I guess you like, and I'm not saying you were doing this. I, I just, as you know, outside perspective, you can say, oh, defense, you know, step up, but it's pretty tough to, like, for the second drive, it's tough to upfront them to be like, yeah, you should stop them on the one yard line when you already just gave up seven points. And then, you know, 
this is on like rot like rot next play after they're down 14 10 the next series it's a three and out and a three and out where rogers missed a wide open mercedes lewis so yes i do think the defense like absolutely has like some questions and things to shore up that that uh, the holes and were exposed and, and such but when you go you know here's basically two pick sixes and then three and out like it, it's tough like it, you're asking your defense to do a lot there as well but i thought they i, I thought they should have blitzed a little better i thought they needed to get more pressure on brady but overall i'm, I'm not worried about the packers would have been nice to get the win but as i said before you don't you don't go undefeated in this league unless you're the, what, 76 Dolphins. So we'll bounce back. There you go. Yeah, and unfortunately, the only thing that comes from this that's kind of a pain in the ass is that the Bears are leading your division because of the extra game, which is annoying. I saw that, and I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. That's the grossest thing I've ever seen. The grossest thing I've ever seen. They they beat the Bucs. They beat the Bucs, and they do it, and Nick Foles is there, and their defense is good. I mean – I'm not counting them out necessarily. I, I, I can't, you can't anymore. So yeah, I mean, they play the Vikings still, so they're going to beat them. All right, Matthew. So we had college football this weekend, the last weekend without big 10 college football. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Hawkeye football coming back this weekend. We'll talk about that more later this weekend, this week, but how, how is the college football world looking? Let us let us in on it. Yeah, you know, like you said, Big Ten football finally back this weekend. Excited for the conference to get underway. Our Hawkeyes will be battling Purdue. It should be an exciting game. <clears throat> I think, you know, Iowa-wise, personally, I think this is maybe the most talented group of, of skill players returning in my lifetime, at least in quite a long while with, with the running back tight end and receivers that we got. And Purdue, you know, they got Rondell Moore, one of the more dynamic players in all of college football. Glad to see he's playing. He's a guy that can really break a game open. Maybe one of those guys in this shortened season who could, you know, come into the Heisman race. I think with less games, you know, a couple big games on national TV could could make for, for a dark horse. Otherwise, it looks like it's coming down to a two-quarterback race. The two boys under center for – the two teams who also look like the favorites to take home the championship in Clemson and Alabama, Trevor Lawrence, five passing touchdowns at halftime against Georgia Tech. He finished with 404 yards as well, and the Tigers rolled by the Yellow Jackets 73-7. to You know, Clemson hasn't really been tested, but they kind of know they're not going to be in the ACC year in and year out, and as they normally do, they are, they're dominating in style. I mean, 73-7, to they're – <laughs> left it without a shred of doubt who the better team was. That's so, fair. Meanwhile, you know, like they don't are they are not going to have the, the battles like Alabama did against Georgia, which we'll talk about in a, in a little bit. But in these games where they are the the much better team, they're they're showing it. Even against Miami, uh, who was a top ten team when they played each other, I think it was forty two to seventeen. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a game that was close. So you have to commend Clemson for doing that. That even with you know a, a you know not as fearsome as a schedule. They are getting it done in a big way. And they do this year, you know, also have the game against Notre Dame, which will help the resume a little bit. Meanwhile, Alabama, they passed their biggest test of the regular season, beating the other team from Georgia, 41-24. to Actually down 24-20 to at halftime, but they absolutely dominated the second half, 21-0. to 
Mac Jones, the other quarterback I mentioned, I think you have to you have to officially put him in the Heisman race. I think he's number two, maybe even one B with Trevor Lawrence. The guy's been extremely explosive. You would maybe pick one of those receivers, but he's just got so many weapons to pass the ball around to that he's got to be in the beneficiary of that. So I think it's kind of a, a Jones versus Lawrence battle at the moment in the Heisman, uh, as it's also kind of Alabama Clemson. They look like like the clear favorites. I think the exciting part of the of the Big Ten coming back is Alabama and Clemson have have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. They just have. And Lawrence and Jones have done that Heisman race, albeit still early in the Heisman race. With Ohio State getting into play, you know, the question is, can they enter that echelon with Clemson and Alabama? Can Justin Fields enter that Heisman race with Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones? Because it really does feel, I mean, this this season, I think we're all right now saying if it's not Clemson or Alabama, we'd be surprised. So the the introduction of the Big Ten brings into play Ohio State and maybe Dark Horse-wise, Penn State, and you do never know Pac-12-wise, but I think it really does seem like Ohio State's the clear-cut favorite to actually kind of shake that up. I was thinking about this, you know, uh, and also Georgia-wise, Stetson Bennett the fourth, terrific name, but just not the quarterback that Georgia needs. Um, I think this that was a big part of Jamie Newman opting out, the, the transfer, grad transfer from Wake Forest. I think he would have been that dynamic quarterback they needed. But Bennett just clearly, he, he can't make the plays. Had a good first half, but the turnovers in the second half against an Alabama defense that isn't as fearsome, you know, it's ferocious as normal. It was not the greatest showing. What I was getting to before was the Alabama receiving core last year, Jan, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and of course, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith. Greatest receiving core of all time. I mean, they're all four of them are going to be the Waddle and Smith will be first rounders. Judy and Ruggs, of course, already were like that is an insane foursome. Right. I mean, you think about it, too. It's not just that they were crazy in college, and it's not just that they were first-round picks. It's that we've seen Judy and Ruggs take over their receiving cores in year one, in game five. Like, truthfully, they are both the top receiving option for their teams. Jerry Judy should be anyway if he's not necessarily considered yet. And Henry Ruggs, obviously the best receiver on on uh on on Las Vegas, you know, if you take Darren Waller as a tight end, okay. But other than that, obviously the choice. So I yeah, it's amazing what they've done in the NFL as well. You know Jalen Waddle, whatever team he ends up on, is gonna have the same effect, right? And I'm even thinking, wouldn't it be cool Jalen Waddle ends up in LA with the Chargers, Justin Herbert and Jalen Waddle, you know, getting to play together with how the Chargers are playing kind of rough this season. So that might be a good thing. Uh for LA to consider, but yeah, I mean, I can't think, <laughs> I can't think I know, of another, I think oh. like, because it's tough to remember where, like when they all were like, on another team, I know USC had, had some real great ones in the two thousands. Um, I'm sure the same for the Canes, you know, there's, there's obviously would be some receiving cores that would hold a candle to them, but like that, those four are all so, so massive, like game breakers and, you know, Alabama in general has just kind of become a little bit of receiver you. Ridley, right. Julio Jones, Amari Cooper. They, Which is crazy. And, 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 and right back, you too. You know, you know, I was just going to say, but like they're Alabama. They're every position you. Besides like quarterback, they honestly produce at every position every year, and I hate them. But other big games from the weekend, South Carolina upsetting Auburn and Kentucky taking down Tennessee. 
two ranked teams in the SEC going down. UNC, Mac Brown, he had the Tar Heels all the way up to number five, but they didn't stay there long, falling to the Knolls at Doak Walker. Florida State still able to pull out a little bit of football prowess in that one. Notre Dame mentioned them. They have that matchup with Clemson later on this season. Squeaked by Louisville 12-7. to That one was an ugly game uh, against a, a Louisville defense that wasn't quite stout, much more of an offensive team. So that, that game was not a, not a great omen for Notre Dame, but, but maybe looking ahead to other games. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think the season's going to be an interesting one. I think – my hope looking ahead is that, uh, you know, we get a lot of good bowl games. I, I, I've even, like, thought of, you know, we got we didn't get regular rivalry games like Iowa State, those such games this year that I'm hoping the Bulls would maybe give us some, like, traditional matchups or, or what have you that we normally wouldn't get in the bowl games. But it's going to be a, a good season, you know. Um, the COVID situation is still – impacting the game and everything we saw the Nick Saban maybe he was positive and he was able to coach and all that but gonna be a fun season certainly looks like a a three possibly three-headed horse race I don't that's not a metaphor that's like a Harry Potter character but um, yeah Alabama Clemson Alabama Clemson clearly in the driver's seat and we'll see um, after a couple weeks if it looks like Ohio State is in the same breath as those two teams yeah, I mean, we sure hope so. I mean, we want nothing more than a Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones showdown. I mean, truthfully, I can't think of – I mean, I can think of. The, obviously, so many great quarterbacks have come from, uh, you know, the past and stuff. But a really great trio headed for the Heisman race, uh, truthfully. So it's going to be really fun to watch, and we hope that Ohio State gets back in it. Obviously, we hope that Iowa somehow, you know, pulls it out. Obviously, that's what we're hoping, but <laughs> – but let's be let's uh, let's be real. I'm putting all my Iowa sports hope. I'm saving it for basketball season. There you football go. Season. I'm not even going to get jealous for football. Football. I hope you know play well, guys. Work work yeah. hard. I'm I'm saving yeah. all my good my good luck my good juju for for b-ball and Garza and the boys. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I will say, as soon as we start playing well, though, I'm going to start dreaming big. I don't care. That's who I am. Yeah. That's oh, who yeah. I am. Now I am. You can't help yourself. (laughs) Can't help yourself. But yeah, I mean, super exciting start to the season. You know, lots of upsets here and there. Teams going up and down, but obviously the traditional teams are still at the top. That's what makes them the powerhouses that they are. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how the Big Ten returns and and kind of shakes things up. It'll be really cool. Uh, That Notre Dame Clemson game. Shake it up. Shake it. Shake it. Shake it up. Yeah, I don't think Notre Dame has necessarily a chance against i mean i know that it's a big it's like their big game but uh like that game against louisville i i thought i would i thought for some reason it had ended like that had started later than i thought it did because it was like <laughs> why is it so going dude i think i think why is... it's gonna be by 20 i don't it's not gonna yeah, be close. it's not gonna be close so that's that's unfortunate that we don't really get to see but you know then they have to prove it later and they have and they will. So that's not something I'm worried about either. And uh, yeah, that's the college football world right now. And you'll be hearing us talk about it a lot more now that we got our Hawkeyes to talk about. It's going to be a lot Sir. of fun. I'm ready to be surprised and I'm ready to be disappointed. I'm ready for all of it. It's going to be lots of fun as per usual. All right, Matthew, we talked about soccer. 
you know, at the beginning, you know, it being the Bane, you don't have to watch it early, but then you don't have to watch it too. But let's get into it. There were a lot of games. I mean, I I can't think of a season that, I mean, I know that it's only six games in, but I can't think of seasons that all coincidentally were going crazy uh, in your in Europe's top five leagues. So let's just go over just this weekend's action, which was ridiculous across the board. Uh, we'll start in the Premier League. Uh, Aston Villa beating Leicester 1-0 on a last-minute goal from Ross Barkley. I mean, whoever would have said that sentence in a row. They sit in second place in the Premier League. Uh, and, you know, people are asking, they're a legit team? I, I don't really know. It's hard to tell. I mean, obviously it's so early, but they're up there with Everton, so it's hard to tell. You know, you know who's not a legit team right now? Tottenham. They had a three-goal lead. They had a three-goal lead with ten minutes to go, and they coughed it up to West Ham. Oh, Jose. Jose that, that goal from Lanzini, though. Oh. oh, that goal from Lanzini was crazy. If you haven't watched Manuel Lanzini's oh, goal, oh, it was beautiful. It was everything that I wanted from Jose Mourinho coughing up a lead. It really, really was. I, I, I tell you, you want to see like a three-zero comeback be like finished off, right? Just like it would have been cool as the it would have been cool as the first goal, but like the stoppage total stoppage time third goal to, to like. Actually, finish off. Goal. It was a it was, FIFA goal. <laughs> it was awesome. It was amazing. I love those goals. It was amazing. But Tottenham, they have eight points from five matches. They're sitting. They're sitting not too pretty right now. Another London team that's sitting not too pretty. Chelsea. They also tie three to three. They tie Southampton. A lot less dramatic way. You know, braced by Tiermo Werner, but Chelsea also have eight points from five games. So they are also not sitting too hot at the moment let's talk a little bit about the manchester teams man city obviously not doing too well they have only seven points from four matches but they get an important 1-0 victory over a pretty decent arsenal team raheem sterling gets the only goal and a little bit of respite for matt's manchester united who grabbed a very important 4-1 victory over newcastle united juan bisaka and harry Maguire both scoring what is going on I mean, crazy, crazy game. Almost like a G, Yannick. Yeah, he is a G. I take it back. You're right. He, he, Matt hasn't let that go. Matt hasn't let that go. <laughs> He's good. He is good. He is good. I, 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 you're, I take it back. I, I have, I have just criticism. I did. I did. Right. Fair, fair, fair. But yeah, they needed that win. And, you know, they sit in 15th place, six points for four matches. Obviously, we're not expecting them to be in any kind of relegation trouble by any means. But, they needed that win in order to stay relevant in the, in the race, I think, even this early on. So it was a good win for them. And finally, the big one of the re- – we we asked it. Everton is on top of the league. Liverpool are the Premier League holders. Is it legit? And, Matt, it is legit. It yeah. is a 2-2 two, two tie. Everton holding Liverpool to a draw. Dominic Calvert-Lewin showing up when he needed to to grab the equalizer. And, I mean, the game was rough. It was ugly. There's that whole controversy with Jordan Pickford. You know, did he, didn't he injure, you know, Man mm-hmm. Dyke? He definitely did. Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was rough. You have to watch that, guys. I don't know. I Oh, man. Not as, I feel- not as controversial as you might think. Right. I, I mean, watching the highlight because I, I, just, I just didn't see that game. And, like, when I saw the highlight, I, like, they, like, said something about kind of, like, controversial play here and then i saw it and i was like a controversial in what way like that was clearly he fucked up and fucked van dyke up like not even close right i also love how like i completely agree like everton 
they they proved it. They are for real. They also they get like the benefit of the doubt because if the the roles were switched and Everton was coming into Liverpool and we were like, is Liverpool gonna be like the best team in the Premier League? And they tied Everton, we'd be like, eh, I don't know. But like Everton in their form so far and getting the tie, we're like, yeah, that's that's a not like, and it is, yeah, you know, like it it's fair or not, you know, like you you are judged by different kind of standards, and uh, yeah, I think I certainly think they're legit. They're definitely legit. I mean, they're definitely a contender for the Champions League bases at the very least. You know, we'll see what they can do if they can keep it up. But we love it. We love Hamas Rodriguez having new form in England. We love Dominic Calvert-Lewin showing that he's ready to be in the golden boot race. And we love, I don't hate Liverpool as much as I hate other teams, but we love Liverpool getting knocked down a peg. I will say that. I did not mind. I do. Yeah, that's fair. Obviously, though, I, we, you know, you know, thoughts to, you know, Virgil van Dyke. that does, you know, that's, that sucks. And so, you know, hope he has a good recovery, you know, injury is never something you want to see, but yeah. So premier league, lots of crazy action, lots of random people all over the place, but let's move to an even more exciting league. It is the Serie A. What is going on? In the Serie A, let me tell you what's going on. Juventus held 1-1 by Lazio? No. AC Milan? No. Uh, Atalanta? No. It's Crotone. Crotone holds Juventus to a 1-1 draw. I mean, who saw that coming? No one. I mean, maybe maybe Matt did. Matt, Matt's smart. Matt probably saw it coming. But but (laughs) I didn't say. No, I did not. Oh put boy! Smart, my buddy down on a Croton to get to get, to get the draw, right? But I mean, we talked about it. They 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 won again last year, but they didn't do it super convincingly towards the end. And could they be ousted? And it looks like they might be. AC Milan grabbing an important two one victory over Inter Milan in the Milan derby. You know, Inter Milan was the team we were expecting, but. AC Milan is in first place, and you're hearing this right, and this is in 2020. They're in first place thanks to a brace by Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, the man. Unbelievable. Um, he can't stop scoring. I thought I saw that wrong. I'm not going to lie. I was like, this is from like two years ago. Oh, my goodness. Two oh, years crazy. ago. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. You're right. Oh, boy. It was crazy. And AC Milan, they're on top, and I love the way they play. We've loved the way they play. They they are improving, improving. Napoli crushing Atalanta 4-1 to in an important game because Atalanta's third, Napoli's fourth currently, braced by, you know, Mexican starlet Chucky Lozano. Always love Irving Lozano's play, so good for him in that victory. And Sassuolo winning a thriller against Bologna 4-3. to Now, why do I mention that, Matt, with Sassuolo-Bologna, two teams that are kind of in the mid? No, because Sassuolo's second. They're second place, Sassuolo is. So good for them. They're also, like, showing a little bit of fight. Could they be last year's Atalanta? Maybe. We'll see. But all you know is that Serie A, everything is up for grabs, and every game is going to matter, especially for Juventus having to play these top teams. They're going to need results. They cannot afford to tie anymore. It's clear that things are changing in Italy. Uh, real quick, since Matt gave me the floor to talk about Bayern, I will talk about Bayern. Bayern grabbing an important 4-1 victory over Armenia Bielefeld. Uh, important because they had a rough couple games there in the Bundesliga and, uh, you know, sitting not so pretty. But they do grab the 4-1 win. 
and uh, Mueller Lewandowski, business as usual, they sit in second. And another headline that will catch your eye, Real Madrid and Barcelona lose in the same week. I mean, who could have seen that coming, even even with everything happening? wasn't it? Sorry? Same day even, wasn't it? Same, same day, same day. In fact, in fact, same day. Real Madrid stunned by Caddies 1-0, Anthony Lozano scoring the early heartbreaker, and Barcelona stunned by Hitafe 1-0. Jame Mata, the hero for Hitafe. Real Madrid's one point off the top where Real Sociedad is, and they sit in third, so they're fine. Barcelona's three points below Sociedad in ninth. Obviously, four or five games played in La Liga. Still lots to happen. That'll shake up. But let me give you... And it's too early for anything, but Matt, let us remember this podcast as let me give you the league leaders right now. La Liga, Real Sociedad, Bundesliga, RB Leipzig, Serie A, AC Milan, Premier League, Everton, and League A, Lille. That is what the league leaders are right now. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, to be fair, PSG has worked their way up to second and they're going to win, obviously. We were we had no question. But it's fun to talk about that right now. The soccer world providing excitement like we've never seen. And I'm happy about it. Obviously, Bundesliga, I'm not too happy about. But we're one point behind. So we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, like, I feel like a lot of times start of the season, like, you know, you can't get too mixed up in the start of the season standings uh in this early because you never even know like you know a decent team could play all the good teams and a not so decent team could play all the bottom dwellers but and i i think a lot of this chaos too has been heightened with the covid impacting it with you know the season in the summer and then getting back on it so i think a lot i think some of this will even out but anytime like austin villa was gonna get relegated last year and I know it's only four games, but they're four and oh. Like, so I, I think, I think the, in the end, I think all five of these leagues, the top four is going to look more like how we normally see it. But it does feel like a season where there are going to be some names in there that aren't how we see. Like, I don't think Everton and Austin Villa are both going to finish in the top four, but I do think one of them will, you know, or a team like that will. So it, it like, yeah, I, I think it's going to even out a little bit, but it does feel like a, a year, even with like the COVID stuff and every and, and being early, that there is opportunity for some surprises in the final standings. Right, and we love to see that. We love to see surprises. I mean, there's a reason we love Leicester. They're far and few in soccer. I mean, I love soccer, but soccer is the have you know the haves and the have nots. It, it's like, true. It's the, sad, it's the sad case of of the sport. So yeah, I mean, I it even as a United fan and and you as a Bayern fan, I know like it. We do enjoy seeing those other clubs that don't have the resources that even our clubs do. Right. I love an underdog, and that makes it really hard to be a Byron fan right now because we are the 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 overdog. So um, it's it's hard. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see, and we look forward to it. All right. Speaking, against, speaking of the underdog, the world of boxing, Matthew, was shook to its core this weekend. Let us in on what happened. Yes, a massive upset. It was is a battle in the lightweight division, the unification of the four belts. Vasily Lomachenko, the man that many consider, even myself probably included, to be the number one pound for pound, for pound fighter in the world right now, facing off against T- Tefimo Lopez 
and Lopez earning the unanimous decision win in the 12 round bout clearly deserved the win. Uh, Lopez dominated, you know, nominated, but controlled the fight really throughout Lomachenko kind of got going, uh, you know, three fourths through, through the fight. But, but I thought Lopez took control of the fight and, and earned himself that win through and through Uh, Loma didn't, didn't really look like himself ever in it. And, And that's a credit to, to Lopez, you know, a good fighter makes another fighter uncomfortable in the ring. And that's, part of the skill. So I'm excited for, for a rematch. I, th- I think Loma can bring a little more, but uh, we'll see, you know, I mean, I, I assume a rematch is going to, is going to get kind of put together here quickly. And if Lopez can beat Loma again, I mean, the guy is insanely young. Um, I think only 23 years old and will be the face of the lightweight division, you know, the undisputed champ as he is right now um, at a very early age and could really start establishing quite a legacy in the sport of boxing. Right. I mean, that's true. It, a lot of young guys come up. You know who else I was impressed by uh, in a fight? Uh, Berlanga, the Puerto Rican boxer, was was real good, too. I mean, he you know, always finished people off in the first round, finished off his opponent who hadn't been stopped ever in his career in the first round. You know, a lot of young boxers coming up. We love to see that, especially with the older boxers kind of going out uh, here soon. But yeah, it, it did seem like Lomachenko, you know, tried to play his game and came in a little too late. So in a rematch, you know, what does he do? That's a, a very interesting question because he doesn't want to not fight his fight. You know, like he can't just come out swinging from minute one. That's not how Lomachenko wins, you know? So, but like, does he start hitting him in round four, you know, does he t- only take three rounds to really take a break and, and really go after it early, you know? And uh, yeah. I, what did you think of the scorecards? Obviously there's some controversy over the scorecards. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously Lopez deserved the win, if not at very minimum, the draw. So uh, I don't think that was the controversy, but there was that one scorecard. I think it was like one nineteen to one Oh nine. Um, what did we, what did we feel about that? Yeah, I mean, box. I feel like I feel like there's always a weird scorecard in boxing. <laughs> I, you know, boxing scorecards are are so so odd. Um, it did seem one nineteen seemed like a maybe a little generous, but I, you know, you start dissecting boxing scorecards, you'll that's fair. Be that's here fair. All night, you know, it's, right. I mean, but. Yeah, I mean it was. It was, I mean, it was. It's one of those fights. Like, I mean, I you know, even if it's not one nineteen, I. It was. It low. low I mean, I, I I don't really think there was anyone at the end of that. I I can't. I mean, I'd be surprised if you could find someone at the end of that fight that would want to argue for for Loma. So, maybe one nineteen isn't accurate, but it, it's not totally inaccurate. Right. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Lopez definitely deserved the win. Good to see him grab it. A young boxer coming up defeats his greatest opponent to date they will have a rivalry i'm sure you know if boxing's smart and they want to make some money they will put that together oh they're so they're so pumped that lopez won oh they are they're like there's no way like you might be able to get away with not doing the rematch with if if loma win but like probably not even then still because lopez was was a champ but now it's like without a doubt and if they're and if they're really lucky they'll as as they want it to happen loma will We'll get the win in number two and we'll have the rubber match. 
There you go, yeah. Another trilogy match on the scorecards. We love that unboxing. Canelo, GGG, all the fun stuff. All right, let's move on from boxing to the the playoff-heavy sport right now, and that is Major League Baseball. Matthew, we've been talking about who's who in the league, and after all of that, the two number one seeds are in the final, and that is just that. All of the drama... And the, and the, and the, you know, can the White Sox do something? Can the Braves do something? You know, cool. Hell, the Braves were, the Braves were almost, the Braves almost did do something. Almost. They almost did. It's not like, it's not like the Rays and the Dodgers just, uh, just waltzed right in through the, the LCS series. They were. That's true. Two two game game sevens. sevens. You gotta love that. You gotta love that. I almost, honestly, I almost wanted the Astros to win. Oh God! Why? Why? Because because what? Like because that because everyone hates them so much, and right. like they're kind of just like, all right, fuck you guys, and they just battle. I like I, I mean, I, I don't still like like I'm not like a massive Astros fan, but I kind of I have to tip my hat to it because it. It's and the only thing that I think is frustrating about it, especially if they would have made the run, is like. Yeah, so like y'all were good enough to do it. You didn't have to right. get top team. We knew you were like, we knew you were talented, and right. you not tainted it. Like you should have just trusted your talent because you could have done it. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I get, I love the hate us if you ain't us kind of mentality. I really do. But like when the hate is well deserved, I kind of am like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. You know, like. Well, yeah, I mean, I, people. I'm I'm not saying people. I, people should be hating on them, but I mean, I I. It would be easy for them to also be like, yeah, we deserve this, and like we saw, like I, they deserve the hate, and I think the way that they're handling the hate was well done. I mean, like everyone wanted them to be out round one, and they're like, nah, we're, like we're still going to compete. This isn't a lost season for us, and so I I commend them for that. Yeah, fair, fair. I, and it just would have been a great story. Like, it would have been kind of hilarious if they would have won the World Series because everyone would have been so pissed. Oh, man. And it would have made me laugh. Can you imagine if they had beaten the Dodgers in the World Series again? Oh, that would have been hard. That would have been so hard. to. Oh, yeah. I would have never watched baseball again. That would have been so bad. Anyway, um, we have a World Series matchup. Like I said, the two number one seeds, Rays versus the Dodgers. Two best teams somehow end up in the finals despite crazy playoffs that saw two conference series go to Game 7. But different Game 7s, Matthew. Very different Game 7s because the Rays were up they were. 3 to nothing and somehow clawed their way on to advance because the Astros came back and forced the Game 7 even though they were down 3-0. I mean, you know, the Rays... We know about them, right? They have Tyler Glass now. They have Blake Snell. They have Charlie <laughs> Morton. They've got the good pitching. Brandon Lowe, who was great in the regular season, was trash in the playoffs so far. So he has not shown up. Maybe he shows up in the World Series. But really, they've been led by the rookie sensation, Randy Arozarena. I mean, most home runs by a rookie in postseason history. The ALCS MVP, really the only bat that was really hot for them in the playoffs. So hats off to the rookie. But, you know, that's how the Rays did it, you know, and 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 they got – they won. That's what you have to say. They did – held off a surging Astros team, which is hard to do, especially with how Carlos Correa was playing. So, you know, Charlie Morton went 2-0 in the series, which is great. 
Tyler Glass now and Blake Snell both had a game where they were lit up. So I, I, I am a little nervous for the Tampa Bay Rays going into a matchup against the Dodgers who have so many different ways to score runs on you. So that is a little bit of a concern. But the Rays have the pitching. They have the staff. They have the rookie sensation. Great story heading into the World Series. And they will play, like I said, the Dodgers, who were 3-1 down against the Atlanta Braves, almost on the way out, and came back. I mean, the big story for me in this in this NLCS was the pitching of the Dodgers. We know about the bats of the Dodgers, right? We know Cody Bellinger. We know Mookie Betts. We know Corey Seager. We know, jo- we know everybody. But the pitching, I mean, and it wasn't Clayton Kershaw. It wasn't Clayton Kershaw that was the pitching. It was Urias and Bueller. They were both gold, you know? Honestly, and, in this and, one, honestly, if you would have said it was Kershaw, at this point, it would have been a surprise. Right, exactly. I mean, like, you're, you're not expecting it from Kershaw at this point. Oh, so sad. And he, and, and like, looking down the line, Matt, he pitches game one. Oh, that's, uh, it's going to be an important game for his career. It really is. It's going to be the most important game in his career. I don't know how else to say it. It's just an important series. Like, honestly, he could probably get waxed game one. If they still win the World Series, I think he's okay. Because And, and well, I'm, I think he's okay just in the sense that he's kind of already he, – he's got the moniker. Like, I, I don't think he can get much worse. If he gets waxed and they lose the World Series, then I think the – you know, there's always more, you know, chance to become – the all-time worst playoff performer of all time. But I think if the Dodgers can win, regardless of how he performs, I think that saves him at least from a lot of uh, criticism this year. Right. I mean, of all the teams that could wax him, the Rays are not that team. Like, they will beat the Dodgers. They can beat the Dodgers, don't get me wrong. But it's not because of their bats. Like, Randy Rosarina is great, but he is – he is the only thing that won them the series against the Astros. I mean, truthfully. So I, I, I hope for, ah, uh, I hope for Clayton Kershaw's sake that he, that he has a good game one. I really do. I hate to see that happen to any player. And so I, he's had such a tough road. Oh, and he's gosh. such a good pitcher and he's just been so bad in the float. Like it, it, he just has been like, right. it's, it's one of those things where like you, you look at it and like, I think as as you know, sports fans and such, we can over-examine athletes a lot. Like you, like oh, it's Paul George doing the playoff. But like you look at Clayton Kershaw and how good he's been in the in the regular season compared to the postseason. There's just no way around it. Like the guy's a different player, and it, it's in, insane because he's so like we've seen guys sometimes not perform as well in the playoffs. I don't think there's, I can't think of another athlete in any sport who's been that good and then been that poor in the playoffs. Right. I mean, just can't get it done, you know. And and what I'll say, Matthew, is if he pitches gold in game one and they win, what does that do? for? I mean, that that can change a lot. It won't change everything, but that can change a lot if he pitches well. Right. Win. If he goes – I mean, he goes and somehow wins World Series MVP because he throws, you know, three dimes or something, that could do – that would do an absolute lot. Um, yeah, that and would. you know, I mean, for for his sake, I I don't think the Dodgers are. I mean, I I expect the Dodgers to contend the next few years. So like, there there's a path there for Kershaw to to rid his his. You know, Peyton Manning was somebody who who wasn't great in the playoffs and who kind of rid himself of that moniker. 
Um, so if, you know, he really, if he can, with the Dodgers, win a few World Series and, and you know, help contribute, people got short-term memory, especially in sports. Right. Especially in L.A. I mean, you just got to win oh, yeah. them. They'll be fun. Dude, also, yeah. how about how about Tampa Bay Rays and uh, Los Angeles Dodgers after the, the Lightning and the Lakers take home the Great. Stanley Cup in the finals? So one of those cities will... Get another trophy. I, I think I'd, I think I'd rather right. have Tampa Bay. I mean, Bay. they will. It'll be, it'll be a lot LA, of fun. LA wins enough. Yeah, it'll just be a lot of fun to watch in general because of all the storylines going on. And also, I mean, you think about it, especially, I mean, with Tampa Bay, obviously not, not with the LA teams. But with Tampa Bay, you're looking at, oh, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning win the NHL Stanley Cup. Got it. Tampa Bay Rays. The Buccaneers the aren't going to win the Super Bowl. Got it. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> Not a chance. Hey, you never know. They could. They won't, but they could. Nah. Not a chance. Not, not even in a, a chance. Like plus, plus it's not plus okay. it's not in the, it's plus it's not in the same year, so who cares? Okay, there you go. That's I'll take that. I'll take that. But yeah, I mean, yo, I was thinking talk, about this. We'll t- and we're we- gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna no, I we're gonna talk about this in a later episode because we had to get into it. No matter who wins, Rays or Dodgers, you look at the champions this year, Ray or Dodgers, Lightning, Lakers, Chiefs, LSU Tigers, obviously didn't get like a college basketball one, even Bayern Munich in the Champions League. I, you know, sometimes like, you compare the champions in each league and like you're like, oh man, that team was a Cinderella surprise. I want us to debate which of the champions of this year we think is the best because it's one of those years, like if the Rays or Dodgers win, I think we'll, we'd be like, yeah, that team deserved it. And I think you have to look the same way about all of the other teams. It's like, it's one of those years where like you look at all the champions and you're like, damn, that was a really good champ. Yeah, that's definitely... You heard it here first, folks, on tap episode where we will debate the 2020. That's going to be our end of the year episode. That's what we're going to do right now. Like you heard that. it here. Sick. You heard it here. You heard it here. So excited for that. Pop but yeah, campaign. Oh, we are going to. You already know where the beer garden's going that day. It's going to Champagne Land. Anyway, so we talked about the Dodgers bats, though, right? And and the, the crazy thing is with Mookie Betts, with Cody Bellinger, it's Corey Seager who gets the NLCS MVP. Nine hits, five home runs, 11 RBIs, eight run. I mean, eight runs, just crazy. Ice in his just, veins. Ice in his effing veins. I mean, so many weapons on the offense. Ugh. Bellinger hit the winner in game seven. Mookie Betts is undeniable. Uh, you know, I, I just think, what do you think, Matt? In my head... The Rays have great pitching, but they just rely bats wise too much on their rookie sensation. In in my head, anyway, like the Rays can beat the Dodgers, right? They're consistent enough. They have a good enough player sure, to beat the Dodgers, for sure, right? But in my head, Randy Arozarena has to play the best. I mean, he has to be the best rookie of all time in a like to to win this for the. He has to be the X factor. He has to be, and so for them to beat the Dodgers. <laughs> Randy Rosenrina has to do what he did against the Astros. And if he does that in the World Series, I mean, best best rookie performance ever by by any rookie ever in, in any history ever, like truthfully. So it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the power of the Rays is they don't rely on one player. Um, you know, he's he's stepped up in the playoffs, but the, it's not like a team that needs him to perform at the plate to get hits. You know, I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays are – just a really good baseball team 
uh, like through and through top to bottom, top to bottom. They might be a better team than the Dodgers, just like how they play the game of baseball. Um, it's probably not fair to compare them to the heat because the Rays, you know, were the number one team in the AL um, for most of the year, but similar to the heat, like just very, very good, like sound team where the whole team is contributing and everyone knows their role and everyone does their part well. And that's what leads to their success. I think the Rays, similar to the Heat, whether they're better at playing the sport of baseball or basketball is unfortunately irrelevant at this point because, like the Lakers, the Dodgers just have too much talent. And and so I think I agree with you. I think the Rays certainly can win this World Series because they're a great baseball team. But I just think the Dodgers have too much. And I think, too, like it's just – it's just about to, like it's one of those things where it's like they have to win, right? I mean, I'm sure people right. said that about the Buffalo Bills in the early '90s, but like I, I think they're going to. I'm I'm going Dodgers in five, um, right? But yeah, right. I, I just I just think I just think they got too much. But um, I'd love to see the Rays do it. I really would. It's always fun too to see like a new champion, um, and so the franchise being able to get their first championship would be cool to see. But I'm going Dodgers in five. I'm hoping it's a seven-game series that Tampa takes it out, but I just think I, I just think LA is 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 the team, and I think that too. You know, you come back from that three-one deficit that they had, you start getting a little bit of we're a team of destiny. You know, you 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 start sipping on your Kool Aid in in the good way, and um, start believing that you're you are going to do this. Like it's just a matter of time, right? And I mean. In opposite fashion, the Rays, they're thinking, whoa, that was close. <laughs> that was right. close. I mean, they could have they could have gotten embarrassed. So uh it's definitely All a momentum. baseball was gonna hate us. Right. It's like we hate you because they are in this position now. That's you that's let the Astros in, you bastards. <laughs> you bastards, yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be an interesting series no matter what. And you know what's interesting? You said about the heat, Randy Rosarina is kind of the Tyler hero of the Rays, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I, you know what I true. mean though? Like you Absolutely think like, is. could he do it? Could he take them there? A like good season, Almost. but like has elevated his play a little bit more in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. yeah. There no, you go. Sure. Man. It's, it's funny how sports mimic each other, no matter what you, tr- what you try to do with it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting world series. And I mean, guys, tomorrow Clayton Kershaw pitches game one of the world series. Think of a more exciting title line in baseball i dare you it's gonna be so much fun and matt clayton kershaw pitches game seven just did it just oh did. that was good that was good oh my gosh i hope that happens oh please 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 i wanted that to happen so bad i would be so nervous i'd be crapping my pants watching him though i'd be like <laughs> why oh, why do you care because even because think about it clayton kershaw does well in game one right and let's say it goes to game four, he gets a little injured, he's not ready to pitch, right? So then they push him all the way to game seven. Now it doesn't matter how he did in game yeah, one he because pitch. he has to win game seven. Oh, God. Hey. It's so nervous. Why would I'm you nervous. be ner- I understand I'm what nervous. the elements would be. I don't understand why you're nervous. I'm That's what nervous. I'm asking. Like, I'm I, I know what... I know I what the setup would be. to have a good life, okay? I, do- I want him to be... I want him to change his life. That's what I yeah. want. Let me send you a link that shares Clayton Kershaw's salary. That'll make you feel a little bit better. <laughs> I think I there you think go. that's he's all I need. I need, a, I need okay. perspective. 
Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, you're right. Clayton Carshaw is doing okay, but he's gonna get. He's gonna get through it. He's gonna endure. Ah, you know, I would endure whatever if I had Clayton Kershaw's salary. That's fair. I'd have a much easier time of October, that's for sure. But yeah, it'll, oh gosh, it'll be an exciting of Clayton Kershaw's salary. If I had an 18th of Clayton Kershaw's salary. Uh, no, I don't have an 18th. Um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting series. World Series, game one, tomorrow. All right, Matt, we've talked boxing, we've talked World Series soccer, and we've talked college football. Cricket. Time, we've talked cricket. Yeah, I don't know if you missed our great cricket segment, but it was Yeah, we got, we got into it. That was yeah. one of our most heated debates. I, I apologize again for, for yelling at you as I, as I did, but I'm it's passionate okay. about cricket, you know? I just am. Yeah. yeah, I haven't I'm, – I'm not going to lie because I love you and I don't want to lie to you. I haven't forgiven you quite yet, but, you know, I'll get Fair. there. Yeah, I just I you said some really mean things. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time I lost a friend or family member because of my emotions involving the sport of cricket. I mean, you brought up my mother. What was that about? I don't even know. Well, I <laughs> look, I I become possessed <laughs> like the oh gosh <laughs> exorcist. Oh no! All right, so. You know, we've missed a couple weeks here NFL-wise, and a lot's happened. So what we're going to do is we're going to go division by division. You know, I'll start somewhere. Matt, you take the, you know, kind of coinciding NFC division, and uh, we'll go from there and just talk about how all the divisions are shaping up. So I'm going to start in my division, AFC East. You know, the Bills are on top. I hate to say that. I can't even get out of my mouth. The the Buffalo, the bleh, the Buffalo, bleh, bleh, the Buffalo Bills are on top. They're four and two. They lost to the Chiefs tonight. Obviously, that's hard to put <coughs> them. The Chiefs are such a good team, but they're a good. You know, Josh Allen's still a dark horse MVP candidate. Stephon Diggs a stud once again in Buffalo. We love. I love Cole Beasley. I think he's so highly underrated. So that's another player. They got a good defense. They are the best team in the AFC East. They lost to the Chiefs tonight, but they're doing well in the one spot in the AFC East. Next is the page. No, it's not the Patriots. It's the Dolphins. I can't. That's the, the, the Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins, you know, Fitz magic's been impressive. Yannick's just going to make a throwing up sound after each team. So far two for two for, you know what? I might, because the next team is mine. The Patriots. I I thought he liked the Patriots. Yeah. It's something's wrong with my throat. That's all. No, but Ryan Fitzpatrick's been impressive. I mean, really has, you know, he, he has a streaky streak, so we'll see if he keeps it up, but you know, he's been impressive. Miles Gaskin's been good. The defense has been decent. Brian Flores has a good hold of that team. They're three and three. You know, never know what happens. I mean, the thir- the wind this week came against the worst team in, in NFL history. But, you know, I, I it is it it is impressive that they are three and three, considering this was supposed to be like a when does Tua take the field situation. And obviously Tua took the field at the end of the game against the Jets. But, um, you know, like we said, I don't I don't think they're going to be rushing him back anytime soon. And they grabbed an easy win against the worst team to ever play the sport. So good for them. Next in the division, the Patriots. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Lions and Browns of old have something to say about that. Here's what I'll say. The Browns that went 0-16. We didn't go 0-16 for this. Hey, the Jets are going 0-16, and and I'm saying the Browns that went 0-16 and the the Lions that went 0-16 would have clobbered this Jets team. 
I, they, I stand, they would not. They would not. They would not have clobbered them. I, they I might stand. Be, by I might it. be better. That Lions team was. That so Lions bad. team was, but oh, okay, we'll get to it. But the Patriots are next. They are two and three, one game behind Miami. Obviously, having the bye week that was kind of forced on them through COVID. They lost a terrible game against the Broncos. They need to figure out who's going to be the focal point outside of Cam rushing the ball. You know, they still get to play the Jets twice, so that's good. But they have to play the Bills twice, which is bad. So we'll see how that ends up. I see kind of a 500 season for them. You know, maybe they can get a win against the Bills. We'll see. But they sit in third. Disappointing. But, you know, we were expecting it this season. We got excited because of Cam. But we got to remember, you know, this that's not like a quick fix necessarily. So we'll see what happens. But disappointing to say the least. And finally, the Jets are on six. They're the worst team in the league. They're the worst team in the world. They lost to the Dolphins in a shutout, and that wasn't even the worst game they played. They're a combined 75 points they've scored, and they've let in 185 in six games. That's ridiculous. That's 30 points a game or more, my friend. That's nuts. They're getting Trevor Lawrence. They're firing Adam Gaze. That's all that I'll say. They're going 0-16. Matt, I'm telling you right here, I will pay you $20 if the Jets don't go 0-16. I will pay you twenty dollars right Sick. here if the Jets don't go zero and sixteen. That's how clear no. I am. I'm not. You don't even have to bet anything. I'm just saying it. That's all. I I'm just saying. get it. I'm you gonna just get it. We gotta we gotta record it, dude. I just honestly just became the biggest Jets fan. This is the year I become a massive Jet. All I need is one dub. Oh, where yeah. are we gonna? I where mean, are we gonna get a? Where are we gonna get a W? Jets Nation, come you on. You know where you're gonna get it, right? You know where you're going to get it, right? They're going to beat the Patriots one of those games, and I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I'm going to lose Probably. my absolute... Oh, God. Oh, what have I done? I've just... I'll have just. i be ready. I... I'll be ready and waiting for my yeah. $20. I'll send it to you. You better not ask for it. I'm going to be so mad <laughs> if that happens. I'm re- oh, other... Dude, I'm re- I know. The second the clock ticks zero on the Jets win, you are going to get a request. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like something to do with Sam Darnold. I'll start... I'll start brainstorming it. I probably got plenty of time to think about it because I don't see a win happening probably ever. They play, them, they play the Patriots in the last game of the season, so that's where I envisioned them getting the win. They got the, char- they got the Chargers, you know, the Browns maybe fumble late. Who knows, you know. It is, like, it's weird, like, because I, I do think the Jets are horrible, but, like, the Jets have been pretty horrible for a while. We've seen, like, it, for as bad as teams get, there have been only two 0-16 seasons it is kind of weird how like even the really crappy teams somehow seem to pull out a win here or there um right but this team certainly i mean they're not going to be favored in their any of their last 10 games fair yeah they're absolutely not um and uh anyway i'll pay you 20 bucks and if not then i'll just say i told you so that that's uh, that's a fair trade-off all right tell me how the nfc east is doing because speaking yes. of bad, oh teams, man, here we go. You gotta be, you got just the most exciting, exciting division in football. They've got a combined five wins at the moment in the NFC East. Of those five wins, three of them are against NFC East opponents. So they. Oh God! The, it's the worst division I've ever seen. The Cowboys are down twenty-one to three. They're about to drop to two and four, and still be at the top of the NFC East. I tell you what, the NFL adding the seventh seed uh, playoffs. What we 
We need to get rid of the division winners getting a top four seed. Like I, I'm fine with a division winner making the playoffs of these seven teams, but we have to start seeding this by record because the fact that one of these teams is going to get the number four seed is ridiculous. It, it's absolute garbage. None of them deserve to even be in the playoffs, let alone to have a home game in the playoffs. Um, as I said, you know, Giants get their first win. It was against Washington. They're both at the bottom at one and five. The Eagles are, I don't a quarter of a game in front of them. I don't think it's a half game because it's, or maybe it is a half game because it's a tie. Uh, so they're tied with the Bengals, have them at one, four and one. And then mentioned the Cowboys, even after this loss will be two and four and up top. I kind of think the Cowboys are still the favorite. You know, Andy Dalton, we'll see what he can do for them. Obviously, this game's not going great, but who knows how many win- wins they have to really get. The Eagles should be the favorite, but they look horrible. Carson Wentz looks bad. Ertz is out. I mean, uh, to be fair, the Eagles have had a lot of injuries, but they, they also just look like a bad team. So who knows what the hell is going to happen in the NFC East? I don't really even care, to be quite frank. <laughs> right. I mean, the Eagles will win because the Giants are – somehow the not the worst team in New York, but in the bottom five of how bad they are. The Washington doesn't know what they're doing right now. I mean, Ron Rivera, you know, he went for that two-point conversion. That's the reason they lost. It's not like... I loved I loved that. That was awesome. It was a great call. I, yeah, love, yeah. I, I mean, love when coaches go, especially in that scenario. Like, this team doesn't care. Like, they're not, they're not going for a playoff berth this year. I mean, at least the Giants and the Washington can, like, have some solace in that. Like, I mean, they don't want to be one in five, but... They're they're kind of supposed to be one and five. The the fact that the Eagles are not running away with this division is an embarrassment to Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, and that like entire team. You, you, the right. Cowboys have no defense and now no quarterback. The Giants and Washington suck. Like, why, how are you not dominating this division? Right. Yeah. I mean, ugh. it's uh, it's a crap fest and i agree if there's ever been a year that proves to you that the seating needs to go away it's this year it's this year so um i i think it's time for that seating to go away the eagles should i mean if the eagles don't win this division what does that say to you i mean truthfully because the cowboys you know granted they were the team but they lost their quarterback for the year you know andy if andy dalton leads the i don't care about cd lamb and amari cooper and ezekiel alley i do not care with that defense, if Andy Dalton leads the Cowboys past the Eagles, oh, that's disgusting. Come on. He's probably and, going and, to. And, you know, Carson Wentz. Oh, that's so gross. But, you know, Carson Wentz showed not he didn't show anything. The Eagles showed something against the Ravens this weekend, which was, you know, not promising, but like it was something. So that that's like hopefully that, that, the that builds them. They showed somewhere. something this week that's not promising, but they showed something they like. They had a decent right. fourth quarter like comeback, they, but the game was like kind of over also. Right. You know, like it, it was a lot right. of garbage time. Saying. It was so like, something they could have given up. Is but it, it was something? something. It wasn't meaningful, but it was something. Eh, I mean, I guess you're right. It, it wasn't a lot, but I get, you know, I mean, to be fair, maybe, not. maybe it is, maybe it is something in the division that is the NFC East. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't any, have to be much of any. Life. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh damn, they completed a forward pass. Shit, this team, they're gonna be, they're gonna dominate this division. Yeah, 
they're about to run away with this division. No, but it's uh, it's been interesting for sure. And um, yeah, that's that's all there is to say about the NFC East. So we will move on, thankfully, and never talk about it again. All right, the AFC North. Let's talk about a division that's actually good. That's right, the AFC North. And you know why they're good? Because they're led by the Steelers, who are 5-0. and They're the best team in this division. They might be the best team in the entire AFC. They got a crazy good defense. Big Ben is back. Chase Claypool has emerged as a stud. They still got Juju Smith-Schuster. James Conner staying healthy as a running back. They smacked the Browns 38-7 to this week. They are good, 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 good. And they leave the AFC North right in front of MVP Lamar Jackson and a good defense, but the offense looks a little lost. You know, they need to figure out sooner rather than later, like, what the focal point is going to be. I'm not saying they're bad. They're I'm just saying they we'll, I mean, mm, all right. They looked lost against the Chiefs. The Eagles, they were okay. Uh, you know, like they scored, they, they scored thirty. They scored thirty points against the the Eagles. It was they're the fine. defense that won them that game, five, though. They're five and one. They're, they're like I. I don't think they're not fine. I'm just saying fine. They, I'm not. I'm not saying they're not fine. I'm saying can they beat the Steelers to that number one in the AFC North? I don't know about that anymore. I'm. I'm just, just not. I'm not for certain on that because the Steelers are so good. You know, and if they can't find out the offense, the offense is fine. Okay, well, I don't know if that offense is fine enough to do anything against the Steelers. So that's what I that is what I am insinuating. But uh, that's fair because the Steelers defense makes everyone look bad. Anyway, in the third spot is the Browns, who are four and two. You know, they were looking good with OBJ, Kareem Hunt in the ground after Nick Chubb got injured. You know, they got to win in their division. Otherwise, it doesn't count. They got smacked by the Ravens in the first game, which made us think, you know, Baker Mayfield's out. And they got smacked in this game against the Steelers. And it's because Baker Mayfield can't put this team on his back. Like, Kevin Stefanski is a great coach. He can lead the Browns to some good games. But at the end of the day, if Baker Mayfield needs to put this team on his on their, on their his back, then, then he's not going to be able to, and they're going to lose. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens this season with the Browns. They've got a good record still. So, they, I mean, I'll, I'll, we've talked about it. Every chance of making the playoffs still, but, you know, what does this mean for Baker Mayfield? Like, is this the game that's kind of game that we're going to expect from him in like clutch situations? We'll see. But um, yeah, they got slacked twice by a division opponent. That's that hurts them a lot in this division, but they're still four and two. So wild card spot still very much up for grabs. And then you have the Bengals, you know, they're one and four. They lost a valiant comeback effort to the Colts 31 to 27. Uh, Mixon looks okay. T Higgins looks great. Joe Burrow's throwing it with as much confidence as a rookie can. I mean, the defense is awful. The defense is terrible. They're so bad. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, you know, it's a lost season. There's things to learn, though, about Burrow, about Mixon, about Higgins, you know, about that whole offense. So that's what they're going to use this season for, as they should. They are one and four, obviously, basically out of it. And that's what I'm expecting from them. But that is the AFC North. How's the NFC North, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, yeah, AFC North that looks like it, it's tough. I think. I mean, yeah, you don't want to get shellacked by the Brown by division opponents, but I, I think that that the Steelers, Baltimore, and the Browns are all playoff teams. Um, as as normal, I don't think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender. I don't think that Baker Mayfield is, you know, Tom Brady. Um, and you can't ask him to be 
tough matchup with the Steelers, but like I, I think all these teams are right where you would think them to be. Um, and yeah, the question becomes where what the the Steelers and Ravens uh, who will battle that one out, which as normal, like it, <laughs> of course now it's I, it's so funny, like how many t- different quarterbacks has Big Ben battled with the Baltimore Ravens. Like Joe Flacco went through like a whole career where he won a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP with the Baltimore Ravens. And now here's Ben Roethlisberger in an AFC North battle with the Baltimore Ravens. And it's a new 23 year old MVP. So uh, pretty astounding, but should be a great battle that AFC North. is always so much fun to watch NFC North. That's where my Packers reside technically in second place. Now at four and one, the bears do hold the lead in the division at five and one. They haven't won totally pretty, but look, that defense is, is playing like it did a couple of years ago. We know how impactful Khalil Mack can be. I mean, the guy can single-handedly change a game for a team. And with Foles back there, instead of, you know, a more mistake-prone Trubisky, they are in a little safer hands. The question is, can Foles really make those plays again? I mean, we saw it in the Philly run, but like, Nick Foles for a career is not Nick Foles in the Philly run. So can he be, you know, the game kind of if he if he needs to make a play, can he and can he stay healthy? Because that's also been something that's affected Foles. But I think the Bears are certainly, you know, should make the playoffs. I, I still think the Packers are the better team and the favorite. I still feel confident against them. The Lions, two and three, maybe on the outside uh chance of, of making a playoff run. Most of the other teams that are running for the wild card spots have two or three losses. So it's not like the lions are out of it yet. And then the Vikings, Kirk cousins, horrible. I laughed my ass off when they signed him <laughs> to that contract and his career in Minnesota has been is exactly what I expected it. The guy is just, he, I mean, good on him for fooling everyone in Minnesota to give him all that money, but God damn, he sucks. And yeah, Minnesota one and five bottom dwellers. Very surprising. I mean, it's the team that was in the playoffs last year and of course upset the Saints. So not the season they were expecting. Right. And I mean surprising considering Dalvin Cook is the second highest, you know, rusher in the league right now. So they're they they can't win even though their running back is playing well. That's not what you want. So maybe they're and maybe they're missing. I mean, maybe Cousins is, is missing Stefanski, you know. But I mean, I think Mike, yep. Mike Zimmer's job is is certainly getting hot there. That's fair. I mean, Kevin Stefanski, we've seen at the Browns, he's good at covering a quarterback's weak spots, and that's what he did with Cousins. That's just the truth. And um, Cousins has a lot of them, and they're being exposed now. So, yeah, I I, I think as well, the Bears are going to make the playoffs. But you know, Nick Foles can say all he want about like. It, it matters that you win, not how you win. You, you know, you win, you know, in golf, you like write it down and he can say all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you, who are you taking the Bears against in the NFC playoffs? I mean, how many teams are you taking the Bears against? Not many. So right. I, I think, you know, they're going to have to show me something else. The defense is either going to have to be even better than they are. to like make me think like, oh, you're like a Steelers type defense that can win it or <laughs> or Nick Foles or David Montgomery is going to have to become some like second coming of, of Jamal Charles to like make me think that. So I agree. Packers still the, the team to be in the NFC North. They had the hiccup game. I agree with you. Uh, unfair, <laughs> unfair to judge them off the one loss that they have against Tom Brady and his loaded offense. So that's, you know, that's, and the, and like the best, like I said, the best defense in the league, you know, it was a hard loss and there's some lessons to be learned, but 
writing them off at this point is stupid and you're stupid if you think that anyway let's go to the afc west and who do we have in the afc west we have the indomitable patrick mahomes that's right we have the kansas city chiefs they are five and one after winning tonight against the bills you know tight win but they got it done against a good team in the afc you know kind of a good little litmus test for them they had lost to the raiders last game it was really a head scratcher about like you know oh gosh what's wrong with this team but, you know, they showed that they're still the team to beat. They got Mahomes. They got Travis Kelsey, who's playing out of his mind. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire heard that Le'Veon Bell's coming to town, and he basically was like, uh, it's still my job. Promise me. Promise me. Yeah. And so that's good for him. Glad the rookie, you know, had a good game. And speaking of Le'Veon Bell, then now they have Le'Veon Bell. So um, that's scary for everybody. And uh, not that I think Le'Veon Bell is anything like he used to be. I think people are giving him a little... Like, I get the Jets were bad, but he had a lot of issues before that, too. So I kind of see him as a little bit of an Antonio Brown where it's like he's talented. See, I, see, I think that is an unfair – I was just about to say, because I, I kind of agree with you where I'm like, yeah, he's not probably the player he was. But I saw someone else on ESPN compare him to Antonio Brown, and I don't think that is, is a fair comparison at all. Like, Antonio and Brown went to several teams and with his behavior toxically, like, just kept fucking things up, like on, on a whole other level. Le'Veon Bell was just a running back that understands running backs have a pretty short lifespan in the NFL, and he wanted to get paid, and that's it. And, like, you can knock him for it, but, like, Le'Veon Bell holding out to get a contract and Antonio Brown and what Antonio Brown has done are so different. Okay, but my thing is, you know, we wondered what was the reason that the big the the the, the killer bees broke up, right? You had Big Ben, you had Le'Veon Bell, you had Antonio Brown. And we wondered, you know, what was the problem? You know, because when they were all there, it seemed like they were all fine. But then Bell, you know, held out and Brown went crazy. And I just think that Le'Veon Bell, regardless of if he's not acted like Antonio Brown, and and, I, and when, I, when I'm comparing him to Antonio Brown, I'm saying that he has some personality issues. I'm not saying that he's the level of Antonio Brown. I, I'll take that back. I don't really mean. Well, why that. does he have personality so, issues? Because he's holding out for a contract. Him and Mike Tomlin did not get along, and I don't. I don't really trust anyone who doesn't get along with Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. If you're not getting along with him, it's because it's your. It's on your end. I don't necessarily think that's that's fair. <laughs> I mean, you can, a, I, you can not get along with people in a work capacity for a multitude of reasons. My football teams still work. You like like. I don't think that's yeah. fair. I like I just don't I just don't know why he gets this because I people lump him in with Antonio Brown and I don't think it's fair at all. Like the guy held out as players have done and certainly as a running back probably should have done and then he went to the Jets which like the Jets were a shit show. Like I I don't think the the Jets weren't flying high and then Le'Veon Bell got there and it was like, "Oh man, now we suck." Like the, the Jets suck. Le'Veon Bell just went there cuz he wanted to get paid. Right. But also it wasn't just Tom, like it was Tomlin. And that's like a part of what I'm saying, but also like his teammates at Pittsburgh were all saying this guy is like, we're tired of the antics. Like, just like Antonio Brown. I'm not saying he's the same as Antonio Brown, but like his teammates were also saying, you know, we're mad at him and look at Pittsburgh. Now it's like, it wasn't a Pittsburgh problem. So like, right. to- yeah, but they're mad at him because he was holding out. They didn't want him to hold, which like they're, I guess they're allowed to be, but they also should grow the hell up. Like this is a business and a running back has like the dude was at the time when he was like going to start holding out was 
maybe the best running back or most impactful running back in the game. Like he saw how much he was worth as a running back, especially you have to take advantage of that. And like, yeah, I get it. Let them like team first, all this stuff, but I, I don't know. Let family first. How would I go get college education for my great, 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 great grand, granddaughter? Like, okay. I, I don't like just not getting along with a team. And, and like, they can have that, that issue with Antonio Brown. I'm not or with Le'Veon Bell. I'm not saying that like they can't, but it, I just don't think it's fair how he gets grouped in with with AB because like what AB did and everything else and like how he handled himself and and has shown himself handling with other teams is is clearly like if Le- I mean maybe I'll be wrong maybe Le'Veon Bell will come into Kansas City and act like AB did in New England and he'll be cut in two weeks but he doesn't have like near the track record track record of destructive personality that Antonio Brown does. Right. You're right. I, I will say, it, you know, comparisons to Antonio Brown were more like situational than like actually like he's as bad as Antonio Brown. It'll yeah. be interesting. Well, I, I mean, get the, it, too, because they're te- they, they were teammates and went right. through and, their, and, and, their stuff kind of at the same time. So it's an right. easy so, comparison. But right. And I also think like I don't know that he's not like I'm making money for my family. But from what I've heard, it's very much like a Jalen Ramsey. Give me my money situation for him. So like, I, I, I don't know if I give him that. I'm not going to make the judge on either. Of the, how, how, how is anyone allowed to say that about Jalen Ramsey? Because he was really clear about it. Yeah, it was very but yeah, clear. But I mean, like it. it's their money, but like, yeah, it's their money. How is, why do athletes get held against wanting to get paid? I, why is that a no. bad thing? I, Okay, fair. I mean, it's not. I uh, I don't know. I, I if they're good at the sport and they should get paid millions of dollars, then they should. Like I, the whole the whole like team goes first, and you have to care. about like, it's such a dumb old school. Like, no, this is my job. Like, I. Yeah. So, what do you think about KD? You think KD was right to go to the Warriors? I. Because he made what. I, he made more money winning a champion. He made more money winning a championship than he would have otherwise. What are you? So what are you asking? So like KD left OKC right to go to the yeah. Warriors to win a championship to heighten his amount of money that he got. Let's just, I mean, right? Like he made more money. He made I mean, that. I think, move he, knowing- I think he did. I think he did it to win a championship. Okay, I think so he was but, like I want to win a championship it- to make more money. Right, but he put himself before the team, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what it, so that's a move that's often judged so you're saying that moves okay. Like that's where you stand in terms of like those like championship moves. Well, I well, uh I mean I, I think I think that's a different discussion than monetary value and and taking care of one's self contractually than where you're going play-wise but yeah sure i mean katie did i like katie's move no but he's allowed to do whatever the hell he wants but i think moving for champ like no, I, yeah. don't, I don't think Kate, i don't think katie's move and like a contractual move are the same thing right they're not the same but in terms of like team first versus like player first mentality is what i was talking about that's i was just i cr- truly was just asking because like obviously that that's just like the the conversation that popped in my head but yeah i mean it, it is an interesting conversation obviously every player that's ever held out has been demonized always and um 
it you know begs the question of right because like, that's different because like wh- what team first i mean katie was a free agent katie didn't have a team so there was no team for him to put first as opposed to someone holding out for a contract that's when they're like you need to put the team first right 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 that's fair that's fair yeah but i mean it's it, it's an interesting conversation because you see it happening more and more i mean dalvin cook was getting some heat before he signed again ezekiel elliott was getting the same thing before he signed and um yeah, yeah it's people, always, people always give them heat because they want to be like, you're already making millions of dollars. Play, just play the game and you're you're doing fine. It's like, yeah, well, they're making billions of dollars off of me. So, you know what? No, I am going to take my time and get paid what I think I deserve to get paid. Right. I mean, it's a bunch of people who have no concept of the money that they're talking about, talking about players like. You know, that's what it is. It's like people not understanding that, like, while it's more money than they'll ever make in, like, the grand scheme of, like, how these players live their lives, it's not, like, it's all relevant, you know? I I, I do understand that. And, um, yeah. And, I mean, one big, like, one big contract is, like, that that changes, that that creates generational wealth. Like, that completely changes the, the outlook of a player's future themselves and the future of, their family and and people associated with them. So like that, the desire to get one of those massive contracts, I don't think should be vilified because it can do a huge, I tell you what, a massive contract does more for a player and to help his future and his family's future than winning a Super Bowl. you know, like it just does. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. and, And you also have to, we've talked about, we talked about this, but you also have to think about like, who are the who are the position players that hold out? I mean, other than Jalen Ramsey, who are they? It's the running backs. It's because they get they get used and abused. I mean, that's right. like the truth. So never like I, the average running back career is what like two years. Like it's it's so short. Like you got like you gotta you gotta try and get it when you can. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that's. I'm glad we had this conversation. It's always one that I've I've wanted to have and. I, you know, yeah, it's a good, good conversation to have, obviously. But uh, let's go back to the AFC West. Chiefs in the lead, obviously, five and one. You know, the question, the only question that remains is can they defeat the Steelers' defense in terms of like an AFC division battle? You know, can they hold off Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill from the Titans? Is their defense good enough for that? Uh, questions to remain to be seen. But Mahomes is magic as per usual, and, the, and Andy Reid's getting it done. They lead the AFC West. Raiders are second. Las Vegas Raiders. They're three and two. Obviously, they're on a bye this week, but they had great games against the Chiefs. Obviously, they had that stunner. They had the Saints win. You know, questions about whether Derek Carr is actually legit, if he's good enough to compliment Josh Jacobs on the ground, or if it's just really Josh Jacobs' team. You know, I think it's an interesting challenger for the Chiefs. You know, if they can win more and then they play the Chiefs again, you know, we'll see. I mean, It'll be an interesting thing. I don't think they're going to win the division or anything, but I think the Raiders are definitely like a dark horse team to make the playoffs. You know, I, I, I sure. definitely I think see Derek that. Carr, I think Derek Carr's fourth in quarterback rating right now. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean, truthfully, and you look at the teams that, like, they lost to, right? They lost to the Bills close, and the Bills are a good team. And they lost to the yeah. Patriots, who, like, are good at – neutralizing you so like they have a good defense so like i think that's unfair to judge them off of the two losses and they've beaten and they've beaten the saints albeit the saints aren't the team we thought they would be but have beaten the saints beaten the panthers who are much better than we thought they would be and they've beaten the chiefs you know so like right they they have they have looked good um and like you know Derek carr he he was an mvp candidate 
four years ago. Like the guy has shown he can do it at this level. Um, but it'd be kind of fun to see them do well in their first season in Vegas. Plus, like John Gruden, I just want John Gruden to stay in the NFL. Although I guess he right. could just get a commentating comment again and we can hear him do Gruden right. quarterback camp again. Hey, you know what? Whatever John Gruden does, I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. I mean, the man never ceases to entertain me for sure. Um, but yeah, it'll be <laughs> so entertaining. Bucks. Oh, so entertaining. So entertaining. It's always fun to listen to him, honestly. It's 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 a delight and a joy for all of us. They play the Bucks in the next game. So that's going to be a big litmus test. If they can go in, beat the Bucks, who just beat the Packers, you know, that's something. That's definitely something you can't say anything against. So uh, it, it'll be, I think that's kind of the game for them to, to decide what their season's going to be like, you know, because then they'll be three and three or they'll be four and two with two, I mean, three big wins. You know, it'll be interesting. But next in the division AFC West, you have the Broncos. They're two and three. They won a surprisingly good defensive game against the Patriots, but they're still rough on offense. You know, they're figuring it out. Drew Locke, you know, was injured and then he's back, but he's still like trying to figure out the offense. You got Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant were out this week. You know, you had Cortland Sutton going out, you know, can Drew Locke turn it around for the Broncos? Maybe the defense is definitely good to help him, but again, I think the Broncos are a team that is on the outside looking in like the Patriots. Maybe they get that last spot, but we shall see. And finally, Chargers, kind of like the Bengals for me. They're one and four. They were on the bye this week, so they didn't win anything or lose anything. Justin Herbert's coming into his own, though, and that's all this season's about. So just let him throw. Let him find his receivers. You know, finish however low you need to. Maybe you get a good receiver. Maybe you get Jalen Waddle, put it with him. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the Chargers land. But that is the AFC West. The NFC West, how are we doing there? Yeah, NFC West is is an absolute battle. Of course, at the top, you got Seattle. They were off this week. They're still sitting atop the division. And now the the NFC uh, alone at 5-0. and Everyone else in the division, you got the Rams now 4-2. and uh, After the Niners beat them, moving the Niners to 3-3. Three and three. And then the Cardinals are sitting in between them at the moment. They're about to move, though, to 4-2 and two as well. So really, all these teams, the Seahawks have to feel pretty comfortable. They do have a two-game lead in the division but i think it's going to be i mean i i don't think the seahawks are are that much better than the rest of these these teams in the division so i think it's gonna it's gonna be a bloodbath i think that this division has a very good chance of getting three teams into the playoffs but i think at the same time it it might be one of those situations where they beat up on each other so much that the the resulting losses only gets two in but i but i think it's clear that this is a division that's going to have two teams in the playoffs, um, Seahawks looking pretty well so far to take the division, but still kind of feels like anybody's game. And, you know, Niners had a nice bounce back win after after Garoppolo did get benched, like you called. Called well it. Called it. And what well week done. was it? What week was I, it? It might have been. It might have been, uh, it, it been week five. It was week five, yeah. my friend. It was I know. week five. That's hilarious. And then he came back next week and looked a lot better against the Rams. Right. I don't so, care if he comes back. I didn't say he wasn't going to come no, back. Yeah. I just said he was going to get better. Hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, Seahawks, Seahawks, top of that division. But uh, yeah, a real a real wide open one. I don't think you're going to sleep on the Niners. Um, and we'll see what Kyler can do in, in Goff and the Rams. Right. Kyler beating up on the, on the, on the Cowboys right now. Jesus. Oh, poor Cowboys. 
Poor, poor Dallas. They can never catch a break, can they? Anyway, let's go to the AFC South, where the Tennessee Titans are just showing they are a dominant offense. Ryan Tannehill might be an MVP candidate. You know, Derrick Henry's definitely an MVP candidate. He's the top rusher, Matt, in the league with one less game than everybody. I mean, that's ridiculous. He's got 97 yards more than Beast. the next running back. It's ridiculous. He's a nuts. And he won the game by himself against the Texans, basically. A.J. Brown is back and catching touchdowns. That's only going to make them better. Yanu Smith looks good. Oh, my goodness. I would not want to be any team playing the Titans right now. But, you look, you, I mean, you talked about this, Matt. You talked about this all season, and it held up true again. Even though they're good, they always win tight games. They won against like by three points against the Jaguars last week. They won by like eight against the in overtime again. Uh, you know, not by eight, by seven again in overtime. Six. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Six against the Texans in overtime. A Texans team that's like got better since Bill O'Brien left, but like how much better is that really fair to say? You know, they only win tight games. So what? You know, can they compete with like actually good offenses and not just like good quarterbacks playing well? You know, so that's the big question to ask. And um, yeah, it remains to be seen. But for now, you can't bet on bet against them. And uh, they play the Pittsburgh Steelers next, and that is going to be the game that tells us who the Tennessee Titans are. If they can keep it close, if they can win. They're a contender. Hell, hell, it might tell us who the Steelers are. Like, I mean, you yeah. you, can, you look at these two teams and like, normally you're like, yeah, the Steelers are the, the normal favorite, but like the Titans are the team that almost made it to the Super Bowl last year. Like they had a lead in the AFC Championship game. So it's it's weird because the Titans do feel somewhat surprising, but I we shouldn't be surprised because they've just kind of picked up where they left off last year. Maybe not even picked up. I think probably even proved a little bit. And uh, Mike Vrabel, damn good coach. Damn good coach. Yeah, did you see the whole thing about him and the 12th man stuff? I don't think I did. Oh, so he – there's this play towards the end of the game where it looked like he purposely put on a man so that they would get a 12th man penalty so the Texans would be closer, score, and the Titans would have enough time and, and the Texans wouldn't – they wouldn't have to burn their time out. So basically they had timeouts enough to go down the field, go to overtime. That's and genius. And and like you see the player like in the replay, you see him going, that's 12 yeah. players. And he's, he's like, like no. I shouldn't be at. And he's like, nah, he's, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Coach. And, it, and it makes sense because he did that thing against the Patriots where he just kept taking the freaking uh, penalties because he knew it wouldn't again. I mean, it's crazy. He's so good. And, and uh, Titans are looking well. A team that's only two wins behind, uh, two games behind them, the Colts. And that's crazy considering how ugly their offenses look, but their defense is one of the best in the league as well. You know, their offense is a little stagnant, but, you know, Phillip Rivers is still a good quarterback, I think. You know, can he actually lead his team to the playoffs? We'll see. You know, it kind of feels like it's Jonathan Taylor or Bust there. And it's not his fault. I mean, it's a lot of injury stuff going on. So, like, again, it, it, it's not his fault per se. But, you know... That it's going to be on him. It's going to be on Philip Rivers because he's the new quarterback. He's the veteran quarterback in town. They won a gross game against the Bengals. So, like, how much does that actually mean for them? But they are four and two. And when your team's four and two, six games in, you got to take them seriously. So they sit in second. Behind them, somehow in third and not last, are the Houston Texans. Obviously, they got rid of Bill O'Brien. 
probably a little too late, but, uh, you know, they showed a lot more promise. They competed with the Titans, 42 to 36. Watson had four TDs through the air. Will Fuller kind of being that number one target. We were expecting 123 yards in the air and one touchdown. A division loss is brutal, obviously, and they'll need to basically win out to have a shot at the wild card even. But, you know, can they prove that they're not, you know, that Bill O'Brien was the reason and they're not done yet? I mean, it'll be interesting to see. You know, Deshaun Watson has a lot of chutzpah, so it'll be good to kind of gauge him off of whatever happens in the second half of this NFL season. And finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matt, you remember when we were like, are the Jacksonville Jaguars good? Uh, they aren't. <laughs> That was that's the answer to that question. They are they are not good. And um, nope. No, we, we were silly for thinking that. Uh, obviously, James Robinson coming out as like the top running back after Leonard Fournette left, which is great. And Gardner Minshew, fun to watch, but they're bad. They lost thirty four to sixteen to the Lions. Their defense is the worst. You know their their season's over as well. And it'll be interesting to see if Gardner Minshew actually takes over that team next season. Uh, but yeah, let's go with the last division with you. It is the NFC South. It is the Bucks. It is the Falcons. It is the Saints. Tell us what's going on there. Yeah, the uh, Bucks take the lead in the division because the Saints were on by. So Bucks have a, a the lead at four and two. Saints half game behind at three and two. Of course, have the, the tiebreaker over them um, with their early season win. Falcons got their first win of the season, but they're sitting there at the bottom at one and five. Seems like this season is is over for Atlanta. Now the question becomes, you know, what's the future for Matt Ryan, or do they look elsewhere in the draft? for a quarterback really the story for me from the NFC South is the Carolina Panthers you know they're a team that I thought could maybe compete a little more than people expected to them to this year but I did not think they'd be three and three um they right now I mean they are in the playoff race in the NFC um Teddy Bridgewater's playing great for them doing all this without Christian McCaffrey Mike Davis and relief of him has been tremendous for them Robbie Anderson getting out of, of New York Jets offensive system and allowing to flourish even more and, and actually get some wins in the NFL. So Bucks and Saints look like they'll compete all season for the division title. Um, and I do think probably the other one of them will get the wild card. Um, but, but look out for Carolina. I, I mean, I, I don't think Tampa's getting better, um, but, I, I, but I don't think Tampa and New Orleans are that much better than the Panthers. And Matt Rule is a damn good coach. He's going to have his boys ready to play no matter who he's up against. Right. I mean, who knew Mike Davis was going to do what he did after Christian McCaffrey went injured? I mean, absolutely nobody. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. DJ Moore still doing good. Robbie Anderson doing good. They they are in it. And uh, remember, we were talking about them tanking for Trevor already in week two. And obviously we were making a hard, early call, but, you know, it was true there. That's how bad they look. So it's good for them that they came back. Falcons have, you know, unlucky season all around for sure. So, like, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily I, I think the coach should go. I don't necessarily think Matt Ryan needs to go or anything. And Julio had a game again. Well, he doesn't need to go, but he's not getting younger. I mean, it's it's one of those not things. Not getting younger, right? Is it yeah. is it time? I mean, because of how bad they're doing. I mean, I think it's more so of like he's not getting younger, and where they're going to finish is going to be draft position where you normally can get a really good quarterback. Um, you know, probably probably not Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Fields, uh, maybe Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Um, if if Atlanta has the opportunity to get one of those players, it's going to be tough to be like, no, we'll we'll pass and we'll stick with what two, three more years of of Matt Ryan. I... Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's the age thing for sure. I mean, that's 
Yeah, that's hard. It's it sucks for Matt Ryan. Obviously, it's a, like I said, unlucky season. Their defense just got awful, so that's not his fault. But yeah, I mean, all around, just every division has like a, a different storyline. Some some a couple of different storylines, and it's it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, we're speaking too early, six games in, so uh, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, regardless, so who, which division do you think has the better teams, AFC or NFC? Ooh man, which league? Um, gosh, I, I think, man, that's I. I think top to bottom, I, I think I would go AFC. Honestly. Right? Yeah, that's where I'm going. That's I think, going. yeah, like the NFC West is really, really good. Jury's still out for me for Bears, Saints. Otherwise, like the NFC, the NFC East is so bad that that you know is a huge detriment. And yeah, I, I'm going to go with AFC. Yeah, same. I mean, I just think, you know, you had the Chiefs, you had the Ravens. Now you got the Steelers. Titans just solidified their thing. You know, I, I, they look good around. They'll have the Bills. Just, yeah, I think top to bottom, they're the more complete team, especially with the NFC having a lot of teams that are kind of going up and down. You know, you thought at the beginning, but, you know, it's hard. You know, the Packers lost. Obviously, that doesn't mean anything necessarily. It's one loss, but they did lose this week. Seahawks relied on Russell too much. Can they continue to do that? Bucks have a good defense. They have a lot of injuries on the offense. Rams inconsistent. You know, I, I think the AFC is I mean, Yeah. Well, I think it's um, for me, it's just depth. I mean, I think I, I'd probably hang the Seahawks and Packers with any team on the AFC. But, like, you look at the NFC and it, it feels like Packers, Seahawks, Buccaneers, maybe Saints as like actual contenders to make the Super Bowl while over in the AFC it's Bills, it's Chiefs, Steelers, Ravens, Titans, and they all feel like very legitimate, you know, contenders to to win the Super Bowl instead of just like, oh, it's one of these two, you know, two teams. Right, yeah. That's true. That's definitely true. So we agree AFC's more depth. NFC still has good teams though. All right. MVP candidates, who you got right now? Who who are we looking at MVP candidates wise? Like, who, give me give me a, like a top three, or give me your number one, whatever you're feeling. My top three, I'm gonna go number three. I'm gonna go Josh Allen. Uh, the guy has been great for the Bills. You know, I for the first couple seasons, it was it was one of those things where Josh Allen was losing the Bills games. You know, they had a great defense and they were in most games, but the guy not only could he not make the plays, he was making the the bad play, the play that was actively hurting them. That's not the case anymore. You know, I mean, I know Buffalo's lost their last two games against the Chiefs and the Titans, but tough games. Like, the Chiefs just came off a loss to the Raiders. The Titans were coming off, like, a month of a bye. Like, they had a year to get ready for that game. So, kind of tough matchups. Um, but the guy's definitely taking the step. And, you know, maybe he should be a joint MVP candidate with Stephon Diggs because I think that's really helped him also in opening up the offense. Uh, number two, I'm going Derrick Henry. I'm going with a running back. I, like, Tannehill's been amazing also, but you really, you look at that team and offensively Henry is the catalyst, the stuff he can do. I mean, when you, like you said, the guy single-handedly like took the game over against the Texans, 94 yard touchdown run. He's just an absolute beast. And his like, he's terrifying. Like you watch the guy run and like, no one should be like that much more terrifying than other NFL players. You all should be equally terrifying, but Derrick Henry is on another level. And then number one for me still is Mr. Russell Wilson up there in Seattle. Um, they, I do think they asked him to do too much, but so far he is answering everything they're asking him of and um, playing really out of his mind. And the emergence of DK Metcalf certainly helping him in, in that offense. 
Right, yeah, I love that. I had a couple same players, but uh, different lineup here. And third, I've got Patrick Mahomes. I think, you know, for me, you know, he's still sensational. At, at repeating is hard, so that's why I have him in the third. But, you know, I, I definitely think with the win tonight, he showed that he's he can still make those plays that you know, make him Patrick Mahomes and still sensational. So I've got him in the three. And the number two, I've got Russell Wilson. You know, he's carried his team. He's been flawless. He's cooked, as he says. You know, how long can he hold up? That's the only reason I have him in the number two. But, uh, I mean, otherwise. But, you know, to be fair, my number one is more like a, a bias number one because I have Derrick Henry number one. That's right. He's got almost 100 more rushing yards than the next closest. He's played one last game, and he's going to win the MVP for the first time, at, like, running back MVP-wise since AP in 2012. And that's what I've got going down. I would love that. It's just like, I mean, I get it. The quarterback touches the ball every play and really dictates that. But like just the effect of the MVP and like the Heisman, they really are just like quarterback awards. Um, so I'd love to see a running back get it done again. Like it used to be like kind of back and forth. And literally since 2006, you know, 15 years, 14 years, there's been AP's the only running back. Otherwise it's all been quarterbacks so i think he's got a great shot too i mean i don't think the thing you always wonder about derrick henry is you're like okay oh, sustain this he's a really physical back and like they give him the ball a lot and derrick henry's just like yep i fucking can keep giving me yeah, the ball i'm <laughs> literally her i'm hercules in human form literally I can do so it. it's crazy all right well we talked nfl you should know everything about every team at this point we really went through it good job matthew that was a that was a hard one for sure. But uh, now that we're gone, yeah. sweat off my brow, sweat in. But yeah, now that we're done, we'll just keep you up to date on the day to day basis. Uh, we won't be making a comeback, but we'll still be here. And that's just the truth of the matter. But let's cool down for the first time in a while. Let's cool down. Let's get some nice stretching in. And it's the October season. So I want to know, Matthew, who's your favorite slasher movie villain? Always, always a good question. It's a tough one. Um, I think I think Michael Myers. I really I enjoy you know the the aesthetic of like Leatherface or even like Pinhead. Pinhead is a crazy looking mofo, but Michael Myers is just dope. Um, I think he's got he's got a cooler like origin story than some of the other ones, um, and he's just terrifying. And that got that goddamn mask is just so like just epitomizes like this like soulless evil being that. Michael Myers is so yeah my uh my top slasher Mr. Myers from the Halloween franchise who's yours well there you go buddy mine is also Michael Myers he's a badass he's the best he's the like he he's is badass he never dies he's just one mean scary dude I always believe it that is like yeah you can't kill him he is the boogie man he is the boogie man we love that and I I just it never ceases to amaze me how much I love Michael Myers. On a slighter, like, more, like, silly note, have you ever watched Scream, like, the original Scream movie? Oh, yeah, dude. Freaking, what's it? What's the name of that? The Ghostface? Mask. Yeah, Ghost, I think it's Ghostface or something, but, like, I... I yeah, just I, Ghostface, yeah, yeah. I love, yeah. I love dude, as but a like, kid, that thing terrified me. Right, and more specifically, Matthew Lillard in that movie, who plays Stu, is like 
my favorite harem movie character. He's is, so nuts. He's nuts. And yeah, like, not nuts. in a way that's like, oh, that's like too much. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this guy is going to fucking eat me. Like, he is like crazy. Even if it is too much, it like fits because it fits. it's Scream. Like, it's great it's, acting. He's it yeah, really he's is. awesome in it. I love it so much. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad we agree on Michael Myers. Good. Uh, if you haven't seen the Halloween franchise, watch the first one and then you can watch the others, I guess, but at least watch the first one. That's what I'm saying. Um, all right. Historical fact time, Matthew. I'm going to start out here. Did you know today in 1781, British forces? 1781. British forces under General Charles Cornwallis signed terms of surrender to General George Washington and Comte Rochambeau at Yorktown at 2 p.m., ending the U.S. Revolutionary War. Today, in history, we gained our independence. Yeah, buddy. There we go. One and oh, Britain. One and oh, Britain. Um... That's all I can be proud about patriotically right now, but uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. That's the end of the Revolutionary War. Uh, terms of surrender signed at Yorktown. What do you got as your historical fact? Uh, so I like there were a couple sites that said this might have been today, may have been October twentieth, but eighteen seventy three, Yale, Princeton, Columbia, and Rutgers met on Fifth Avenue here in Manhattan and drafted the first code of football rules. Ooh. Um, that kind of started, started to resemble the, the game of football that we in America know it as uh, today. Still still not quite the game we know it as, but yeah. So there's four colleges. It's so weird that like Rutgers is in that group. Yale, Princeton, Columbia. It's all it's three Ivy League teams and Rutgers, but yeah, those four. Thank you, those four, for football. Thank you. It rules. Thank you. For love football. Rules. Huge fan huge fan of football rules for sure and finally matthew it's quick fire questions baby. it's nice to be back it's nice to be back here we go all right the eagles suck the giants suck the cowboys have lost their quarterback for the season and washington is trying to figure out what to do with their quarterback situation who wins the nfc east I'm gonna go Cowboys. I, I the Eagles have given me nothing to believe in, and I know the Cowboys defense is rough, but Andy Dalton isn't a horrible quarterback, and he still has some weapons to get the ball to. They still got Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe they can run the ball, help their defense a little bit. I, you know, mostly I just think this division sucks, and I think that Andy Dalton would be able to squeak out enough because the Eagle, like, at least the Cowboys have been hurt by stuff. Like the Eagles just suck because they suck i mean that's not fair they had a lot of injuries themselves but i'm gonna go cowboys yeah love that i think cowboys are definitely my favorite as well eagles came back a little bit against the ravens but carson wentz hasn't shown me anything you know that makes me think that he's got any idea what he's doing there and we'll see i mean they play each other still but they kind of play like the eagles like play to their opponent like i do think they can beat good teams but then they go and they lose to Washington or they tie Cincinnati. Like, you know, they're so that worries me about them that like, they can't actually just be better than someone. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. Next quick fire question. This one going for boxing world rematch Lopez Loma. We were talking about it. It's going to happen. 
You heard it here first, but it's going to happen. Who are you taking in round two? I'm going to go Loma. I think, you know, like you said, I think he'll, he'll come in with a, with a bit, bit of a different strategy. Um, certainly will be smarter on, on the boxer that he's going up against. But uh, he'll, he'll be a little more inspired to get the W. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Lomachenko. Of course, I went Lomachenko on this one as well. So <laughs> doesn't mean much. You heard it here, folks. We're going to get a trilogy round because Lomachenko is grabbing the second one. And yeah, finally, I'm, probably, I'm probably picking Loma just for my own selfish reasons of I want the, I want this to be a three fight, you know, about hey, you know what? guys. That's half my bets are for selfish reasons. Yeah. Half my bets yeah. are for selfish reasons. So uh, I bet Byron wait, was going to win the Wait, when, are you, when right. are you betting not for selfish reasons? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I'm oh. putting 50 down on black, sir. This is for the... <laughs> St. Jude's Hospital over there. Hey, there's nothing wrong with St. Jude's, Matthew. <laughs> I, I never said there was. I just want to know what, what you say. I'm trying to figure out what selfless betting is. How does one selflessly bet? So you just bet with someone else's money for them, I suppose. No. I, I suppose that's what it is. All right. Wouldn't it have to be your money? Uh, I... I mean, if someone else gives you their money and they're like, I don't trust myself, but I need to win. And then you bet money for them and you don't get any of it. That's selfless betting. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. Right. Okay. I'm, I think, yeah, I think, it, I think it applies. There you go. There you go. There you go. Selfless betting defined. Fuck that. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. I, I'm mad that I brought that up. Um. All right. So final question. LeBron James won his fourth finals. He is two behind Michael Jordan. When LeBron James retires, who will have more NBA championships? LeBron James or Michael Jordan? I gotcha! <laughs> Neither. Neither. They're going to tie? Oh, yep. annoying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's going to be so annoying for the GOAT conversation in 10 years. Are you kidding me? They're both going to have six? Gross. Uh, the GOAT the co- conversation's over. Like Anyone that's against LeBron, I think, will never be for LeBron. I think LeBron could win eight titles, and they would still go with Jordan. Um, and I, I mean, I'm, yeah. convinced, I'm convinced LeBron's the best. LeBron doesn't have to do anything else for me. But, uh, yeah. All right, so LeBron wins two more. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go six. I, honestly, I, I want to say more, and in my heart, I kind of think he finishes with like five, but my answer is six. They hey, tie. But here's the thing, here's the thing. They're going to tie, but LeBron will only get five finals MVPs. So that'll be a, a differential that the MJ fans can can use. There you go. There you go. And that's all that matters is the fans and what they can use in the conversation, really. So that's all that matters in the end, truthfully. All right, everybody. We've had a great comeback day with you. Thank you so much for joining us once again. We'll have more episodes coming out later this week. But sports are back. We are back. And thank you from Two Beers, Please. Cheers, y'all. Hey, Ryan and Derby.